Teddy Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, and a whole lot of Jamie Lee Curtis. We watched Trading Places to find out how good was it. We got a full freaking house tonight. This is a rare occasion. Um, I'm going to start by introducing the cast and crew. And I'm going to start today with Joe AP because now when he shows his face, it's 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 a special thing, uh, an appearance by Joe AP. What is up, Joe? Good afternoon. <laughs> oh, sorry. Good evening. Yeah, uh, not not even. Uh, good afternoon. evening. That that uh, was very confusing for us. I'm sure for the listeners <laughs> as well. But you know, we'll let it slide because it is Joe AP. I'm sure that would be added out in the no. The magic, the oh magic no, for room. sure that's staying in. Not at all. You make such rare appearances that nothing you do will ever be edited out. That's not true. You, you've just been warned, Joe AP. What is up, Dana? Hola, papi chulo. Boricua numero uno. Oh, I'm not Boricua, <laughs> but I'm going to take it. Close enough, man. Close enough. I'll take it. Dominicano? Yes, Dominicano. Thank you. What is up, Scott? Hey, what's happening, Jim? What is up, cast and crew, man? And we are in our second week of what I have dubbed to be our Christmas Classics Month. We finally got a name for the month. Nice and simple, Christmas classics, self-explanatory, doesn't get better than that. And that works. And we started it off with, our, well, still hasn't been released to you, the audience, but for us, it's in the past already. We started off with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which is a very interesting episode. If you haven't checked that out yet, I strongly advise to go into the archives and dig that one up because it was the first time we did any such animated feature and a Rankin Bass one, to say the least, which made for interesting conversation. But this week, we are back with another Christmas classic. I guess you could consider it a Christmas classic. What are we doing? This is a Joe AP pick, by the way. Yes, yes. And yes. Uh, he, he is covering his screen because he's ashamed of the pick that he <laughs> made. Um, no, not at all. What is the pick that you dubbed this week, Joe AP? So this pick is... Trading spaces. No, it's not called trading spaces. What are you talking about? Trading places. Oh, I'm sorry. See, now, Joey, <laughs> Do I know the movie? You're starting to sound like Is that me a reality now. show that you just uh, came up with? Trading places. Yes. You just, you just wow. scared the shit out of me with that, man. Don't sound like me. Dude. That's my job to forget shit on this podcast. Uh, not yours, uh, trading man. places is my favorite movie of all time. Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy. They're not just getting rich. They're getting even. Do you have any better ideas? Yeah, you know, it occurs to me that the best way you hurt rich people is by turning them into poor people. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. <laughs> oh, Trading places. Some very funny business. Before we get into this week's episode, I'd like to give our audience a little reminder of what we do here at How Good Was It? Each episode is broken up into two halves. The first half is all about our recollection from memory of the movie. We then pause, we watch the movie, and we come back to go over how much we got wrong, how much we got right, and most importantly, does the movie still hold up? Is it as good or as bad as we remember it to be? With that, let's get in to this week's movie. Everything in this movie was like a classic. 
Is this his first or second movie, Joe? I think uh, wasn't the other one the sure. Forty Eight Hours first, and then this right after? I believe Forty Eight Hours was before Train. So this was, is yeah, his second yeah. film. I think career? so. I think yeah. so. But before that, he was a stand-up comedy. Like oh, the comedian. SNL, yeah, stand-up, yeah. and yeah. he was, you know, he had been making his name on SNL, and that's how he got the the movie. So how he got uh, Forty Eight Hours, and then and then this. Eddie Murphy was yeah. huge in the eighties. That's that was his claim to fame. He started out on SNL. He was quite young. I think yeah, eighteen SNL. or nineteen when he started. Yeah, yeah. he mm. was already doing the comedy club circuit in his teens mm. before right. he joined SNL and became like it was. It felt from what I recall, it was like an overnight sensation when he was on SNL. Oh yeah. From one season to the next, he became the biggest name on TV. Yeah, I don't think it was long, too. Like, maybe three seasons, two, three seasons is, yeah. is it. You know, it just, he hit when, right away. When he when he do the, the stand-up, uh, Delirious? So Delirious had, was, yeah, maybe after this, though. I think I think it was after these movies. Well, I, you might be right. I, I don't know the exact timeline. I know he had a few comedy specials before this, or, or by the time this came out. Delirious being one of them. Um, but he had one before this called uh, Simply Comedian. It was just com oh, a comedian. Oh, I, I don't think I've ever heard and that And if one. you don't, yeah, you got to dig that one up because mm -hmm. it's a very young and if you can imagine an even more raw version of Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, that was it. And uh, it was it, was it just an album? It wasn't it wasn't a special because Delirious and Raw were both movies, too. Yes, you know, you're right. So this was just an well, album. I believe it was just an album. I don't okay. recall seeing a live you know, yeah. in a club or on stage version of comedian. But I remember it was quite funny. Delirious was a high point, though. That was the one that took him over the top. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and you're probably right, Scott. I think it came out around the same time as as like these two movies, 48 mm -hmm. Hours and followed by Trading Places. Um, Dana, I have to go to Dana because, you know, he's the young buck of the crew. God bless him. And I'm always going to pick on him for it because I'm jealous. But um, what do you remember about Eddie Murphy? Did he did is he is he a comedian that made a an impression on you when you were younger or uh, icon? I mean, that's that's uh, really uh, you know I, I it's funny. It's like you guys kind of remember the beginning of his. By the time like he came in my life, he was already an icon. Well, so, he was, a, but he was doing family movies by the time in your life, right? It was nutty. It was. Did you see Nutty Professor? Professor? Well, and, that happened all that stuff first. Looking. And, and middle school, but no, I, I remember seeing Delirious and Raw first. Okay. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. I remember seeing those things, which honestly, I, I I think if we were to review Delirious and Raw, you're right. Like, we couldn't say like half those things. I think we would oh. cancel. Oh, I wow. think he would get canceled. <laughs> oh, man. In my hood, it was the total opposite. That's all you yeah. heard. I remember the summer when uh, Delirious came out and mm -hmm. it was like a cable. It was one of those cable specials, right, Scott? Oh, yeah. I think it was on cable. Showtime or HBO or one of the one or the other. And uh it was like an explosion. It was like it was all you heard were kids reciting every single line. Yeah. Off Goonie of that goo goo special. and all yes. that stuff was yeah, it was the the ice cream bit. Yeah, it was all that stuff. I me and all my friends would just recite to each other nonstop. Yeah. I and got it was, an ice cream. Oh I got an God. ice cream. Lord forbid that ice cream yeah. truck rolled down the block, man. It was like a <laughs> chorus line, you know, with <laughs> I, it was like, <laughs> and of course, somebody would always get their ice cream knocked out of their hand just so we could that <laughs> you dropped your ice cream bit. But um yeah. man, yeah, Eddie Murphy was a huge force in the 80s and even going into the 90s. But let's get into the rest of the cast of this movie because there is 
quite a cast in this movie, man. Like, yeah, well, you got, you got Dan Aykroyd, absolutely. Yeah. You got Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, young yes. Jamie Lee Curtis, the a beautiful Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis. Lee Curtis. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, we know what scene you're talking about. Jamie. Yeah, yeah, and of course. <laughs> uh, Donna Michi's in this. Yes. Uh, and what was the there? other uh, older gentleman's name? Yeah, I that played his, his brother. We yeah, should know because yeah, I know yeah. all, all another of... classic actor too. Yeah, Ooh. I got the feeling this is one of those movies that we're going to be very even overly familiar with. I think so. I definitely have not seen it since the eighties. It, but in the eighties, I saw it a lot. I saw it a lot in the eighties. And honestly, you know, if Joe didn't bring it up as a Christmas movie, I wouldn't even thought of it as a Christmas movie, even though Dan Aykroyd's dressed up like Santa in, in a scene. It, it happens during the holidays, but. Something about it doesn't make me. It's it's kind of like the the Die Hard effect, right? It's a Christmas movie, but is it a Christmas movie? I don't know. It's just because it happens to be that time of year. It's kind of just Christmas in the background. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's that kind of thing. Exactly. It, it, it said it's not like a Christmas setting. I mean, what was it? It's Philadelphia, I think it took place. Yeah, at. I'm not even sure. Christmas had only so much to do with it, but it was kind of the backdrop to the film. Um, mm-hmm. Joe, AP, man, how old were you when you first saw this? When did you first see this movie? I, it's got to be in the late 80s. Really? Um, yeah, oh, and okay. I, I think um, I think the late 80s. Are we going to uh, guess at what uh, year this came out? Do you guys want to give a guess? I, I would say the early 80s, right? In 82? Yeah, I think 83, 84, I think, uh, for this one. I was going to say 84, there. I guess. Yeah. But uh, what do you think, Dana? That's basically how I feel. I'm just like, I'm like, uh, 80s, 84, I was born. So it had to be two years before that. Mm. <laughs> I hate wow. you so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's a tough one, though. Because, yeah, it's been, it, the only couple like it's been years out for so different. long. Yeah. Oh, oh, totally, yeah, man. Sure. Yeah. It's all in the uh-huh. face. Totally, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's get into some of more of the cast here. We mentioned Dan Ackward. So Dan yes. Ackward is, of course, another SNL alumni. Um, mm-hmm. And by this time, he was very popular as well. He had a number of films under his belt. Um, mm-hmm. Things like, what was it, like Dr. Detroit, I think. Yeah, well, uh, that's not was, a great example. Well, of I don't know yeah, why. Sales, like, how do you that one? I don't yeah. know why that was the and, first one that popped into think, my uh, head. Yeah, his movie career, this may be the highlight of his movie career, because, you know, he, he had Blues Brothers, which... Truly. You know, it's an iconic yeah. film, but it really didn't do great. That that was another film that had a better afterlife than original run. But mm. yeah, I mean, I kind of think this is like his peak. You know, he he really didn't do great in movies. He had a lot of stinkers <laughs> over the years. You know, uh, Ghostbusters aside, of course, Ghostbusters is probably that. I no, guess that is his, his most famous movie. Yeah, but you know, he's more of a side character to me in that movie. You know, that's really Bill Murray's movie, and then he's this you know, one of the other guys. So no, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think, um, I would say that's his biggest movie, but after that trading places and I don't know, he's got a lot of, lot of, lot of bad ones after that. Yeah. He was quite What's the vehicle that he was in with, with Chevy chase. Wasn't there like him and Chevy chase. Spies in... like us. There we oh, go. I was yes. to say, I was like, like, yeah, I totally yeah, forgot that, about that. Actually, that's yeah. pretty good. That was yeah, one it of his, is an uh... okay movie. I think it didn't do well. It, it did pretty poorly at the box office. No, I I think you're right though. I think he's more of just he, he's not a leading man. He's he's kind of just a, an other yeah. man. It happens. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey man, he had a great career and he's still going. I mean, he's still yeah around. yeah. He's I just I mean, saw him in something I, I can't even recall, but yeah, he's still out there like 
playing really good support characters. So, so yeah, he's 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 still acting. He's still he's still, still making supporting it. character, huh? Yeah. All this time. Well, he was in a. <laughs> yes. He was in that new Ghostbusters, right? I think I haven't seen of any of the new Ghostbusters. I haven't seen the last Ghostbusters I saw was the was whatever the Ghostbusters two and and whatever that came out. You're not really missing much. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was yeah. okay. L- listen, it, it, well we're on the subject of Ghostbusters. It it wasn't too bad. It wasn't like horrible. I mean, especially compared to the the that kind of reboot that they attempted with um with the Kristen women Wig the wo- and yeah. yeah i didn't see that and then this Don't last worry. one has paul rudd no. in the kid thing it. didn't see it and they have a sequel to that coming out i believe the beginning yeah. of this year i think there's a trailer out actually yeah i've seen people. the trailer for it now yeah. yeah. i think it's a trilogy actually which is the crazy part because i don't remember i don't think anybody i know watched the first one yeah oh, i mean everything went quick now. yeah it did yeah it did but uh yeah back to training places though man so what do we remember about the plot i'm pretty sure we're probably well versed in the plot for at least for the most part yeah the basic plot dana have you you seen this movie i have seen this movie and yeah i i I literally only remember that part somebody's rich somebody's poor they Uh they trade places (laughs) yeah well yeah that's basically the gist of it isn't it I mean, you make it sounds very simple, but it's, well, it's, it's, yeah, it, the plot's a little more to it. So, Joe, do you want to do it? Or you want me to do it? Uh, you, you you can start, Scott. I think it'll come back to me pretty quick. I, I do remember it, especially the Jamie Lee Curtis scene. That's probably the most uh, mm-hmm. impactful scene on me. But so it's two older rich guys. Uh, they make a bet that they could take someone off the street and basically give them Dan Aykroyd's job. Dan Aykroyd's mm-hmm. like they're like kind of the head of their business, and. Uh, they could they could have him switch places and they would do just as good a job as Dan Aykroyd. So they make it happen. They make Dan Aykroyd's life go to crap, mm-hmm. and and then take Eddie Murphy off the street because they see him uh, begging for money, uh, paying him, pretending he's a a, a vet, a, Vietnam, Vietnam vet, a, a crippled yeah. vet, and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and and sure enough, they make it happen. They he they're they own some kind of they're stockbrokers, I believe. Yes. Yeah. The trading, they, they, they own a trading company, I guess. Yep. And yeah. then and then they teach him how to do it. I remember the scene that Eddie Murphy's learning how to get on the floor and straight and trade mm-hmm. straight trade stocks. And uh at the same time, Dan Aykroyd's go his life is falling apart. He meets a prostitute played by Jamie Lee uh, Curtis, who mm-hmm. uh helps him out. She takes pity on him and he kind of falls for her and then realizes that money's not everything. And Eddie Murphy realizes that money that is everything. He, yeah, well, no, I think <laughs> in the end he ends up helping. In the end, they end up helping each other out and screwing over the two old guys who they old guys end up penniless and mm-hmm. begging on the street. Yeah. Yeah. Shows Looking back. Pretty yeah. much. I mean, I mean, I can't elaborate more than that. I mean, uh, l- looking back on Eddie Murphy, and, and we mentioned 48 hours or uh earlier in this episode. So, you know, it, in in 48 hours he had nick nolte right as a psychic mm-hmm. or or he was nick mm-hmm. nolte psychic nick nolte was probably the bigger actor at the time at the time for sure yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know and this one is dan Aykroyd, and by then of course he was reaching kind of like super celebrity status eddie murphy but i i, I just and just recalling these two roles of eddie murphy's early in his career in his movie career and i i'm actually kind of impressed at how well he played off of his co-hosts his his, yeah his co-stars like 
it it seemed mm -hmm. he made it seem natural. Like even with Nick Nolte, nobody mm -hmm. could be natural with Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte yeah. is a freaking madman. Well, I mean, he's no, no, but but he fit like a glove with Nick Nolte. It was like they played off each other so well, and it was the same with Dan Aykroyd in Trading Places. Mm -hmm. I like, wonder like, if, if, like, he improvised some of those lines, though. Oh, oh I'm sure he yes. probably did. Yeah. Oh, yes. That, that was a that was part of the yeah. chorus for Eddie Murphy. I mean, with uh, he was known to improvise a lot, whether the directors liked it or not, which mm -hmm. chances are they did. Do um, you guys but, remember who the director is of that? I'm pretty sure I know who the director of this movie is. Place? No, I do not recall. We, we've we covered one of his films already. It was a Joe AP pick as well. Landis? And he's known for comedies. But this is not a comedy, the movie that we, we watched by him. John Landis, then. Right? Yeah, oh, was, John Landis. Oh, yeah, he American Werewolf in yeah. London's director, oh, okay. also directed. I believe he wrote and directed this movie. Oh, I wow. You, I thought you said over the top. I was going to write what? Yeah, no. No wonder it's so good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to make a chart. A how good was it chart? And it's going to see, it's going to all converge into the middle, which is over the top. And how yeah, everything, everything in Hollywood good. is somehow related to over the nope. top. Not Kevin Bacon, over the top. But uh, Trading Places. So so what else about this movie? Jamie Lee Curtis. A young, it's beautiful naked. Jamie Lee Curtis. This was yes. probably her biggest role at the time, I would say. Yeah, no? Well, Halloween is a pretty big role. I mean, she yeah. was the main person in Halloween. Was, but it, was I it guess it's Michael Moon. Was this I mean, we discussed that she only made like a sandwich for the day. So, yeah, that's true. Like... She didn't make any money for Halloween, but it was a big, a starring role. Probably a bigger role than this as in starring wise. More more on screen time. This is more of a supporting actress role. This is true. true. Well, true. you could ask, Joe. Was this the movie that she actually bare some part of her? You know yeah. that answer already, Joe. I don't know why it, you're yeah. acting like you name every single scene, but he can't already. name that scene. It is sure. an, icon an iconic topless scene in this movie. What, was her, it yeah. her first? I I don't I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, it may have been in first and last. I don't think uh, no, the true think she... was pretty close. But that was not. No, was yeah. not. But that wasn't was like not. yeah, it wasn't nudity like like this, if I remember. But um, yeah, no. But true, the true life scene is great scene. Like, yes. But yeah, well, well she was like in some lingerie or just like a yeah, exactly. Thing, like I think in true yeah, life, exactly. I don't think there was an actual nude scene, right? Mm -hmm. No, no. Yeah, no. Then this one, it was, it was basically. Well, no, I can't say it was full frontal, but it was full frontal chest. Yeah, and and it was like, mm -hmm. it was like the director told her, you know, we got to see the whole chest. This is yeah, you know, you cover up afterwards, but. <laughs> one of the one of the few scenes that I you know I don't remember a lot of things on this podcast <laughs> but I remember that scene. Oh wow! So what else about Trading Places do we want to cover before we run and watch this movie? I I just remember it being very funny. I I remember it you know like yeah I just I'm curious how the the humor holds up you know because you know ten year old Scott or you know fourteen year old Scott's idea of funny may be different than. uh 50 year old Scott. So, we'll so you see. said, Scott, you said you haven't watched this since the 80s? I'm I'm almost positive I haven't seen it since the 80s. Yeah. Same for you for you guys, Dana, Joey P. No, well, no, I mean, I obviously watched it like in the 90s, but I'm gonna call bullshit on Scott and his oh. humor from 14 to his age now. It's the same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you do you laugh at poop and pee jokes and fart jokes? Do you like uh... boobs? Yeah, I guess. I guess. So, yeah, I'm Nothing's probably still changed. the same. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know. I didn't have the honor of knowing Scott as a teenager, but yeah, 
No, same. <laughs> I, I was just in somebody's imagination when he was a teenager, so I get it. <laughs> nice. How about you, for you, Joey, Joey P? You said you were a teenager. Were you were here uh, in the I states? Think or? Yeah, yeah. I saw this movie not too long ago. Maybe like maybe less than five years ago, perhaps. Oh, really? Oh, um, oh, wow. What what I what poor kid did you make watches? Did you make one of your uh, nieces or nephews <laughs> who underage watch it? Uh, actually, I think I saw it with L. Um, oh, sure. I remember? Yeah, nice. There, there was always movie that, that I want to show. You know, like certain movie that I thought was good, like classic that I, oh, okay. I think she should watch it too. Like Coming to America, we watched. Not to use your year. to use your terminology, Joey P. Did you make her watch this film? Because mm -hmm. you have I said that before. I, I had to. <laughs> I, I had to convince her that this is a good movie. It's a classic. And, and did and did she um, think it was a was good she movie? Convinced? Yeah. Um, I can't hard to tell because you know like, <laughs> I'm gonna take that as a no. She she laughs, yeah. but, but then again, there's a lot of jokes that you know kind of went over her head a little bit, you know. But okay. um, but the, to me, I think every scene of Eddie Murphy in this movie is hilarious. Yeah, you know, like, I he couldn't do wrong in the '80s. I I don't know of a bad movie by Eddie Murphy in the '80s. He just even like Golden Child and stuff. I still really enjoyed just I, because of him i thought golden uh, child was pretty okay it yeah. just you know coming after movies sure. like trading places those were blockbusters man they, uh, they, they were huge. i'm pretty sure it was probably 48 hours trading places and then beverly hills cop like back to back to back i mean yeah, yeah. it was one hit after the other that. i so, think it's his yeah his last uh funny movie in my opinion is coming to america that was the last one of his that, that was yeah his. that was the end of the great run yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. He, he had that decent run with like like you said like the nutty professor yeah he did just like family movie shrek and all but, that but, but he died like... with uh it was pluto nash like pluto nash oh, and, for sure. uh, i was, was gonna terrible. bring that yeah. up dana thank you yeah. we oh were talking gosh. about and that was was that 80s or like very early no, that was like oh, that's 90s. 90s or yeah. maybe even around maybe 2000s, 2000s. yeah really yeah it what was, was that it was other bad, movie? Bad. Him and Martin Lawrence, they were in prison for like. Oh, yeah, that's life. a great movie. Life, yeah, life. That's, yeah. That life. was actually that. That was that good was movie right. too. That was okay. Oh, it was a goodness. hit for both of them. From what yeah. I remember, I could it, quote was, it was that no movie coming to America. Of... No, no, no. <laughs> You're right. It was no coming to America, but I and probably coming to America too life. was not good. Oh, no, that was it. Was yeah. it had its moments, but I don't even know if it had its moments. I was bored by it. Well, you can't oh, you, you can't repeat that formula. I mean, it, it, coming to America. I thought he could. I thought he could pull it off. And it's anybody. Right? I don't think it was it his fault, but I just don't think the script was there. I just don't think that anybody wrote like any was, jokes for him. It's too PC it's, of a world now to get away with. Yeah, maybe. Humor. Well, that too. But it, it was kind of like Avatar. It, way too much time had passed. Like yeah, I think just I agree, to make yeah. that That's movie. True. Like it was just. No, nah, not not it. But I mean, he had some stuff. I mean, I remember uh, he had a, a pretty good interview where somebody was just like, well, when did you fall off or whatever? And he was just like, well, Donkey makes a lot of money from Shrek. Uh, oh, so no, I, sure. haven't really <laughs> and I was just like, oh, shit. Uh, talk your shit, Eddie Murphy. But uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, the family film probably just that that's kind of where he kind of maybe did some of his better work since the stuff in the 80s. So I, I agree with you yeah. saying just he's never going to be that action star kind of again where he could well, do no wrong. I believe they're doing another Beverly Hills Cop uh, with yeah, him. fucking oh, out of here. But uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think it's going to work, but I, I do think they're, they're trying it again.
that that was kind of lightning in the bottle that time for him. You know, it was a different. Oh, yeah. It was a different atmosphere, different social climate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you watch like the comedy specials now, delirious and going into things like Raw, and he can't. Who can get away with that type of humor anymore? Yeah, I mean, Dave Chappelle stuff, maybe, but he doesn't get yeah. away with a hundred percent. He, no, he no, was he, trying to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, uh, there's a, a new kid, Matt Reif. Um, and, and I like him. I, I kind of followed his career, and mm-hmm. uh, he just got get in trouble. He got like, canceled. Dem- yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like literally, what? like the. So he made a really? domestic abuse joke, like at literally the beginning of his special, and like wow. it, it's like all it's all over CNN already. Meanwhile, I, I think like. Um, Eddie Murphy may have said uh, "maggot" with an "f" like five thousand times. Oh yeah, and well, delirious. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, Matt like, Rife is a is a pretty white boy uh, who looks yes. like he uh, comes from uh, from a uh, upper middle class or like uh, yeah he uh, he's never gonna get away with it. He 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 made a big mistake. And, oh, yeah. Oh wow. Probably deserves I, it. I, I saw that special. Does he owe you but, money? But yeah, I mean, like, on? I mean, there's you cannot even compare the content. I mean, yeah. content wise, Eddie Murphy was like, he couldn't oh, say, yeah. you can't say any sure. shit. His idol was Richard Pryor, who yeah. was the same oh. way. I mean, whatever, there's no Richard Pryor special that can be put out nowadays. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. absolutely. Not. No, I, I think it's an it HR be, video. Yeah, yeah. Go, Comedians, you. you know, such as Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, going into Dave Chappelle, I think what sets them apart. And and I know this straying from trading places, but you know, well, we're on the comedy bit. We you know, it's it's not it's it's all it's a lot of it has to do obviously with delivery. You know what I'm saying? Like like it's context and delivery. And and I think that's what, you know, and this going way back, but that's why Richard Pryor remains to me like the top dog as far as comedy in my mind. Just mm. because he said some of the foulest shit any human being has ever said. Really, like especially for that time. But pretty good um it was his delivery it was the way yeah. he connected with the audience i i still to this day watch richard Pryor's live concerts you know his uh mm-hmm. not live but you know what i mean his his stage performances mm-hmm. you know live on the sunset strip and 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 things like that because it, the way he connected with the audience the way he spoke and this is something that eddie murphy i think learned from richard Pryor's performances and i think what dave chappelle again repeating that process of connecting with your audience i think the best comedians connect with their audience on a real natural and mm-hmm. simple level in a way where it's almost like you're having a conversation and yeah. and whereas you know a lot of comedians don't have that ability you know it comes across as an act it comes across as a bit you know when you're watching like dave Chappelle, it doesn't feel like a bit it feels like he's just made the shit up on the spot and he's just yeah. talking with you like it like having a conversation with him at a diner or something yeah know? and so. i think the best comedians don't feel like they're punching down they don't mm-hmm. they don't yeah. even though they may be saying something crazy they don't they're not um it doesn't feel like they're picking on people now dave Chappelle maybe with the trans community is and that's probably why he didn't get away <laughs> with it but i i don't ever i never got that sense from eddie murphy even if they're making eddie murphy's making fun of gay people i don't think that he was trying to do it in a malicious way i think he was just you know just uh commenting on something i think eddie of- murphy needs to age like another 10 more years and do hilarious i think <laughs> yeah. then he will be well, able to like get away from 
you know, with what he said. Well, you know? just a few years me? ago, wasn't he talking about uh, doing stand up again? He, he says he's, yes. he wants to do it again. Yeah. yeah he, he's actually, they said he's out on the road again, which is crazy. Like yeah. just out and just doing like comedy shows, just randomly. Really? Mm-hmm. He'll just go and just and yeah. do it, but it's not like it would be a sellout, would it? I, I would go watch. Yeah, it. no, he's going to. Like, it's not an out. It. It's like a yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah. No. exactly. So wow, that'd be interesting that. to watch to see. I mean, what one to to hear what kind of comedy he's doing? Like, what is he doing now? Is he has he tempered himself? I'm sure you know he's an older gentleman, more experienced, yeah. hopefully wiser. I'm sure he with is. a lot of kids. I want to say Eddie Murphy has like nine or ten kids. I believe he has it's a like a lot kids. of kids. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so He's, wow! Like I think the current wife is an absolute baddie. It's Not ridiculous. Really. Who's this current uh, wife? I I have no idea, but she is beyond fine. I'm like Did how, <laughs> and she kind of looks he... age appropriate, but she's probably still like 20 years younger than him. But like she's <laughs> he's a Did he dated one of the Spice Girl at one point, like um, one of the Spice Girl things. So. No, scary. I, I think you're talking about scary Spice. Yeah, is it scary spice? She dated Mel Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I, know I think he dated Mel Mel wow. B. Yes, the Mel B. Yes, Mel B. Does not surprise wow. me. Uh-huh. I, mean, I remember oh, that. Yeah. That was like an and her almost prime late to yeah, prime, like, basically basically her peak. And yeah, he still is good. Good for you, Eddie Murphy. Hey, <laughs> like, man, Eddie, you, he looks great. He looks. That's what I was he, gonna say. He oh, looks in his sixties. He looks great. Yeah, looks amazing. Looks amazing. Just. Absolutely crushing it. Yeah, yeah. I recall. I mean, um, I guess he was promoting uh one of his last films. I think it was the one with uh, ugh, I, again cast. Uh, uh, the always. one with the Jonah Hill one. The, thank you, uh, thank you, Yes, and and uh, he was doing promotionals. He was on the talk shows, and they were like, he was. I think he was on Jimmy Kimmel or something, and they had mentioned how he has never. He's st- he's never owned a smartphone. He's, yeah. He doesn't even have so an email funny. address. He's never so fucking cool. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how rich do you have to be to live that lifestyle? When yeah. You don't need a smartphone. That's amazing. Oh, no, you that's, know he's kind of that's kind of good in a way though. He can get away from not like be in the social media, uh, looking at himself or oh, doing, yeah. you know that's it's like living in the in the in the darkness. He doesn't need to, man. He's up on Bubble Hill. With mm-hmm. his bowling yeah. alley and entertaining friends and whoever happens to be in the neighborhood. I mean, he's he's got the life, but God knows he's earned it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's a very talented individual. He's great comedy actor, great comedian. I mean, one of the all-time greats. So, I mean, what else can be said about Eddie Murphy? So, but, yeah, trading places and yes. uh, Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> what can be said? A synopsis when trading. Well, well, That's what, what can be said about Eddie Murphy. Yeah, um, I'm, nothing. I'm, honestly, I'm pretty excited to watch it. To yeah, I am, I, I am too. So, what I'm say ready. you guys? Should we just shut the fuck up and watch this film? Yeah, I think it's. I think Absolutely. it's time to watch it. All right, then you heard it, audience. We made that vote. We're gonna go. We're gonna run. We're gonna watch Trading Places. Um, we're gonna let you know. I mean, we. Are, I, I got the feeling there's gonna be kind of a no brainer. Um, yeah, I think it'll still hold up, but it'll be interesting to see if and what does not hold up. Thank you for joining us, Joe AP, and for picking this, this this film for the for this week. It's nice to have a full house once again. Please, audience, follow, like, subscribe, check out our YouTube, check out the archives on our RSS feed, where you can get access to every single thing that How Good Was It has put out. And if you're on YouTube, 
don't forget i'm gonna i'm gonna repeat what you hear on youtube from every other youtuber out there please hit the notification button subscribe that way you'll get notifications to when we put up some new shit every week where there's new content on our feed every week there's new content on youtube so check us out hopefully enjoy comments allowed comments encouraged give us your comments what do you want us to review what movies from your past what are your thoughts on this movie trading places what do you remember about it um let us know and with that let's say bye guys See ya. bye bye guys sit tight we'll be right back with how good was it do you have memories about this week's film that you'd like to share with us hit us up at how good was it pod for x formerly known as twitter at hgwi pod make sure to check out our youtube channel where you'll find video promos for each and every episode welcome back to how good was it where we review the movies of our past and even the present sometimes when we feel like it to see how they hold up in this modern age and this is the second half to our trading places episode what is up scott hey welcome back here hello dana oh, senor. oh i love it i love it i always wait for that and of course the incomparable joe ap who is we're very blessed to have with us and this is his pick what is up joe hello guys good evening yes this is the second half to our trading places episode a movie that i personally haven't watched in years and it was really interesting i just finished watching it literally like about a half hour ago <laughs> i think we're gonna have a hoot with this one because there's a lot to discuss with this film. <laughs> yeah but let's get right into it man oh and i forgot to mention before we do get into it this is part of our christmas classics month all yes. month long listeners we are doing christmas related movies mostly movies hopefully movies that are regarded as classics because if not that christmas classics moniker is going to go to waste but please tune into all month for christmas themed movies or at least movies that have something to do with christmas i guess yeah well see i would say that this movie maybe has the least to do with christmas <laughs> of, our, of our choice Leave it, to it happens to just, around christmas to just brush away I, I, well, and make a difference yeah well i no, think it's both I, thanksgiving I saw... and christmas <laughs> actually it ends in new year's so yeah i'm not even sure it, it's a holiday movie but I, I, I'm pretty sure Christmas is not even mentioned in this movie, other yes. than uh, Dan Aykroyd is wearing a Santa Claus outfit at one point. Exactly. They also mentioned Thanksgiving as well. Yeah, I, I remember them mentioning Thanksgiving for something, which I've already forgot, but the Christmas, I don't know. I don't know if they mentioned I it. I think they may have been one or two people that said Merry Christmas, but that's about oh, it. That's okay. about oh, them. you're right. You're, 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 you're absolutely right, right Scott. I mean, it, Christmas is a backdrop to this movie. Yes. It is in yes. the movie, but it's not a movie having anything to do with the holiday spirit or Christmas. I mean, this could have taken mm-hmm. place basically at any time of year. But yeah. listen, don't 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 shit on Christmas classics. <laughs> okay, I just I, oh sorry, I just yes, built it Christmas up. classic. I just built it up. So <laughs> let it stand. Let I, it stand. I, I will get my nieces together and we will watch it around the fire this year. <laughs> we will watch Trading Places. <laughs> 
They will love it. Um, but let's, man, let's let's do a jump into this movie because I think there's going to be a lot to talk about. Do we want to go into any facts and figures, or do we want to go straight into the plot? Oh, let's go straight into it. We can we can get into facts and figures during during the uh, okay. So during the I, recap, I wonder in this movie how many days did they trade uh, ch- uh, trade spaces places? No places. <laughs> yeah, trading spaces. Um, trading spaces, by the way, is like a home improvement. Yes, yes. Uh, I yeah. accidentally did that first because of you. So. <laughs> I know I, I keep forgetting. It's okay. So you, how how many days do you think they they um switch place? I, I don't think long. It wasn't I think long. it's well, it's probably a month, right? It's probably pretty much a month of December. I think is because I think it's happens right yeah. after Thanksgiving and then all the way up to New Year when they're on the trains, New Year's Eve. So mm-hmm. I was gonna yeah, say yeah, that yeah. it even take that long. I thought it was gonna be in the space of a few days or even up to a week. But you're it right. It seems like it. But Eddie Murphy becomes uh, a genius. Uh, like he he understands the stock market very quick. It's a common sense, oh. though. The observation. And he's not from from the ghetto. Is that why he can't understand the stock market? Ooh. Is that why Scott? Tell us why. To to say so. Because I'm yeah. looking at what they're doing, and I have no idea what the hell's going on there too. I, I don't, You're not a trade I, commodities. Yeah, not at all. My wife asked me at that. You know, I know we're jumping a little ahead, but at the last scene when you know it's at the stock exchange. And um, she asked me, she goes, I never understood stocks. I was like, it's just a white man's gambling. That's all it is. Uh, That's all you need to know. But you uh, know, Just tell her what I, all I know is I think it's all involves pork bellies. Because that's all I remember. <laughs> pork bellies and orange juice. I think that's the entire orange stock orange juice juice. Pork yeah. Belly. yeah, I think yeah, that's okay. it. That's all you need. Well, to according know. to this movie, that <laughs> those are the two <laughs> most important things on earth. Pork bellies yeah. and uh, frozen yeah. Lots oranges. of pork bellies talk. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Pork bellies, pork bellies. But uh, yeah, man, let's 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 jump in, man, to trading places because this is gonna be a lengthy one, I got the feeling. You know, interestingly enough, one thing I never noticed as the movie starts off, and it starts off with the with the credits rolling, of course. But while the credits are rolling, we're we're getting a lot of scenes of a uh, life in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. And I never noticed before how they and and I, I I felt a little stupid actually that I never noticed is that they were showing two sides of life in Philadelphia, right? They were showing Mm -hmm. the wealth of Philadelphia and they were showing the not wealth of Philadelphia, right? And it would just jump from one scene to another showing each of these two worlds, which was actually a very cool way to introduce the the basic premise of this film, which is just these two very different ways of life, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But it starts out, um, does it start out with Dan Aykroyd? I believe yeah. so. Yeah, like he's getting up. introduced to Dan yeah. yes. and and Coleman. Coleman, his, Coleman, his Coleman doing everything for him. You know, bringing him yeah. breakfast yes. in bed, and uh, you know, has to open the door for him. But by the way, the score for this movie is really good. Yes. I, I I thought the music was very good for this movie. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. It starts out with Mozart, I think, and mm-hmm. and and sure. it, it leads into <laughs> others. But it, throughout the movie, the the music is very well placed. And very befitting. Except for except for like when they're at the party scenes and then they're playing whatever uh disco hits of uh 1983 well, were at the time. You know. But th- those, those were dated, but the rest of the score was very good. There was music playing during the party scenes. Oh, you you weren't you weren't looking. It was very distant in the background. It's it wasn't really yeah, yeah. believe me. We did we didn't miss a thing. Um but yeah, uh we we yeah. we we uh meet Dan Aykroyd's character. Uh, Lewis mm-hmm. Winthorpe the third, and he is wo- awoken by his his butler or his Jeeves, 
or whatever you want to yes. call him, who's Coleman, who is actually and has always been, and to this day, still one of my favorite characters in this movie. Um, oh yeah, it's mm. a it's not like a I major like role to you know akin to like Eddie Murphy's or Dan Aykroyd's or even Jamie Lee Curtis's, but it it is a very important role. You know, it's like a background role that the movie would not be the same without that character, and it's so well played. I don't know the actor's name. I have IMDb up uh, and i should yeah. look it up but you know he has a weird name it's uh i forgot his name but you remember him also from the indiana jones yes. movies he was uh indy's uh professor boss or dean or whatever he was yeah the first one uh uh the first three yeah, i believe he's he's three. at least yeah he passed away in, i want to say 92 oh, did he yeah, oh, wow. yeah he died pretty much all the older guys in this movie all died around the same time uh, uh ralph bellamy and donna, donna Michi. Michi died yeah. and Around the same time, like ninety one and ninety three, I think. Yeah, I mean the two old guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yes, yeah. the Dukes. <laughs> but the but Dukes um, Dukes. yeah. So so we meet Louis Winthorpe the third, um, and his very lavish lifestyle. You know, he's being served breakfast in bed by his butler Coleman, and he's being. I mean, uh, Coleman does everything. He shaves him. He, I, I mean, mm-hmm. like yeah, like he reading. does the whole yeah. nine. Like it's like it, it's something out of like eighteen ninety two or something. You yeah. know, like I, I was like, damn. But uh, he didn't even he wouldn't even open his car door. He walked out yes. there, stood by his car door and waited for Coleman to come walk and open up the door. And, and may I say, yeah. well, he almost looked a little annoyed that he had to wait for Coleman to open the uh-huh. door. For him. Oh, for like, sure. like, what's taking mm-hmm. Coleman so long to open my damn car door? Um, <laughs> And we get a little peek into uh Lewis's lifestyle. He's a big wig mm-hmm. at a at some kind of stock exchange company, some kind of yeah, Duke and Duke, Duke, and Duke yeah. um, mm-hmm. who are the two old men that Joe AP brought up earlier, played by Don mm-hmm. Amici and Ralph Bellamy, played by brilliantly by these two actors. Um, yeah, this movie will go down in history, and I'm 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 jumping ahead a little, but just the fact that they got Don Amici to say fuck him. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yes. I, love it. I live for that scene. Just, well, scene. Did you, just you know, did you guys read the IMDb about that as well, though? Oh. So Don Amici does not believe in cussing. He 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 really oh. did not want to say that, and he was really upset. Put his foot down. Said he would not do that line, and finally he caved in, but only did it one time. He's like, okay, I'm gonna do it once, and that's gonna be the oh. take. If you don't like the take. Fuck you, because that's it. I'm only gonna say it one time. I'm so glad he did. That was that was the only take of that. That time. that was a one second scene. Him saying that, but it was enough because it was gold. Oh, the way he yeah. said it, you you fooled. It, it could have fooled me that he didn't want to do that scene because he yeah. did it so brilliantly. And it's a very small scene, but it's enough. But um, again, we're jumping ahead, and uh, we got a peek into this rich lifestyle of Lewis Winthorpe. He's part of this company. He he uh, does some kind of stock thing for the Dukes. He's very successful at it. He's uh, engaged to their grandniece, I think they said. Yes. Um, who's this hoity-toity? Penelope. Penelope, thank you. Yes. Who's this hoity-toity? Penelope. Basically, and, and I'll give props to Don, Don, uh, Dan Aykroyd. His his performance in this movie is one of his best performances, I think. I agree. I, because I agree. you believe that this character is an asshole. From the go, yeah, mm-hmm. he played, and he so never well. re- played other characters like this in, in any other movie. I think it's oh, this is the first time I I have ever seen him play the hoity-toity like upper class yeah. type. And it was, yeah, he did he did a really he good job. He looks job. he looks also very young then. He, he looks yeah, very yeah. young, like yeah. probably in the best shape of his life. Yeah, I, yeah, I would believe probably it. around thirty. He, yeah, I would think he's right early thirties or not younger. I could no. believe it. Eddie Murphy was in his like early twenties at this point. Man, yeah. he was still a 
kid, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, you know, they're they're at this club, one of these uh fancy schmancy men's clubs that that rich men. Oh, the Heritage the Club, Heritage I believe, club. is the name. Yeah, you. Heritage Ooh, Club is the name. Yeah. And pulling out the notes, Scott. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Scott did his homework on this one. Man. I was looking for a membership, is what yeah. I was doing. That's how I know. I was, I was seeing if I could join. You required to sing in harmony, Scott. <laughs> Serenade. Yeah. To so the these, are my people. these are my people. I want in. But at this point, we meet Eddie Murphy's character and uh yes. Billy Ray something. What? Valentine. Thank you. Valentine. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, from the get, man, Eddie Murphy, man, you know, you watch these movies with him. These are some of his first big roles and he mm. just owns it. He just freaking owns it. Yeah. Just his demeanor. He makes it seem so natural and easy. I think it was Joe AP who asked in the first half of this episode about um, improvisation on Eddie Murphy's part in, in his oh. film roles. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he he just takes these roles and he owns them. You know, half the lines were probably not even scripted for him. He just went with it, rolled mm. with it, and he does it brilliantly. He does it brilliantly. Eddie Murphy yeah. was damn good at what he did back then. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think he was 22, and we were right. It was his second film. His first fil film was uh, 48 wow, Hours. Wow, only his second film. That is wild. Yeah, and it, yeah, I, only a year after that movie, too. It, it's wild because yeah, you, we got something right. Yeah, yeah. you watch him in this role, and, and he seems so seasoned. He seems like, like yeah, he's been doing it all his life. Um, and you know, John Landis didn't know who he was. So, what? uh, when he got cast for this movie, I guess the studio suggested Eddie Murphy. He had always shot 48 hours, but it had not been released mm. yet. And John Landis didn't watch Saturday Night Live, so he did, he wasn't, even though he directed other movies with Saturday Night Live people in it, like you know, he did uh, Animal House and uh, Blues Brothers. So, you know, he already was familiar with, with Saturday Night Live uh, actors, he didn't know who Eddie Murphy was. So, uh, when he got him in and got him to read, he you know bought in and did it. But yeah, he forty eight hours wasn't even out yet when when he got cast for this. Movie. That's amazing to hear. I mean, but it, but it speaks to his talent, Eddie Murphy, and, and oh yeah, charisma just comes off the screen. The first time you see him, it's just like yeah, that guy's a star. Yeah, yeah. was Al Franken? Al Franken was on uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah he was. was a writer, and the guy that his partner, the Thank guy you. with the gorilla, is Tom Davis, who was his writing partner on Saturday oh. Night Live. And um, yeah, uh, Belushi's in this movie yeah. too. Uh, the the Jim Belushi's in yeah. this movie as well. well I had forgotten yeah. the, these minor roles, especially in particular yeah. when they brought up Al Franken. And I, and as the credits were rolling in the very beginning, I saw his name and I was like, "What? What? What? When was he in this? Like, I don't remember him. What does he play?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as he came on at the end, near the end, you know, in the train scene, I was like, "Holy shit!" It was Al Franken. It's just that at the time, yeah. no glasses, yeah. looking, acting doofy, looking doofy. very doofy. I mean, like he went extra doofy in this one. But uh, yeah, yeah, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. So yeah, at this point, we meet uh, Eddie Murphy's character, who's uh, basically pretending to be. Uh, well, I don't know if he was pretending, but he was basically a homeless guy who's pretending to be disabled. Which, which the cop almost vet right. Uh, seen mm -hmm. the scene coming yeah. up, the, which I'll bring up. One of the first things that probably wouldn't fly in this uh, modern age of ours is uh Well, let let's we'll get there. Um, we meet Eddie Murphy's character, and uh, he's basically begging or trying to calm people out of money in the street. He's uh playing a uh, the part of a disabled vet. He's on a cart with wheels. Blind, yeah, blind, blind well, disabled. Yes. Vet. 
Uh, no, he wasn't blind yet at first. He was um, oh. he, until the police showed up. There was. You're right, John. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the first things we see him do. I mean, besides, he. I think we first see him. He's begging, uh, or he's asking money from the, the, from the Dukes as they're entering the, Dukes, the club, yeah. and they they uh. brush him off and send him on his way. And one of the scenes that had me dying, which you which would not fly. One of the first of, oh, of many scenes is this woman. Yeah. He's, they're in some kind of park. He's in some kind of park. And this woman walks past him and he literally grabs her coat and stops him and says <laughs> yeah. some, some fucked up shit. And I was like, hey, baby, yeah. <laughs> he was like, bitch. <laughs> I was exactly. like, wow, you cannot do that today. Like to stop it, you know, to even depict stopping a woman physically stopping them from walking. But it, it was a funny scene, nonetheless. You know, it still holds up. Mm-hmm. And then we see these two cops come to confront him and saying that, look, we've had reports of some guy trying to comp people out of money. And that's when Joey, like Joey uh, P said, that's when he pretends to be blind and he does this whole, you know, he does the Stevie Wonder head roll. Who's that? Who's that? What you want? Police. We've had some complaints about con men pretending to be blind and uh, crippled. Oh, I'd love to help you, man, but I ain't seen nothing since I stepped on that landmine in Viet Cong back in 72. It was rough, very painful. You were in Nam? So were we. Where? Um, I was in um, Sang Bang, Dangang. Uh, uh, I was all over that place, basically. A lot of places. A lot of places. What unit were you in? Uh, I was with the Green Beret, uh, Special Unit Battalion's uh, Commando Airborne Tactics, Specialist Tactics uh, Unit Battalion. Yeah, it was real hush hush. I was Agent Orange. That was my name, Agent Orange. Special Agent Orange. That was me. Airborne, huh? I can see. I can see. I have. Le- I, can- I have legs. I have. Le- oh shit! Look at this, man. I can walk. Jesus. Praise Jesus. And you, and again, you know he improvised that shit. I mean, it was pure Eddie yeah, Murphy gold. Um, <laughs> but uh, basically, he he knows he, you know he fakes the funk and he gets away from the cops. He, he basically talks his way um, from the you know being uh, taken away by the cops, and he's walking mm-hmm. by the Heritage Club or in front, and he sees a cop car circle the corner. Which to this day, I don't understand why he would give that pause because if these two cops on yeah. foot didn't take them in these cops in the mm-hmm. car are not going to stop too but it gave them an excuse for what follows which is um uh at the same time that he turns around to avoid this squad car uh Winthorpe Dan Ackward's character is walking out of the club and in his briefcase he has mm-hmm. the payroll and all this important shit and he accidentally bumps into him they bump into each other Winthrop falls to the ground and he's like on some help. I'm being attacked. I'm being mugged mm-hmm. by this guy. And then he's like, you're fucking crazy. I'm not doing anything. But he gets taken away. And of course, Winthrop takes all this credit like he stopped some major crime spree or some shit. Yeah, well, he the first cops have to chase him through the heritage. That is he, he has Winthrop's briefcase and the cops are chasing him. So he runs in there runs around, ends up going under a table, comes out the other side, and every cop has their gun trained to his face. And, mm-hmm. and then, what, what does he say? He's like, uh, is there a problem, officer? I think is what he says uh, yeah. when, he, when he comes out of there. Yeah. That actually led to kind of my favorite part when the, the Duke brothers start questioning him. 
Uh, and I guess that's kind of something that uh, they just retrace some of your steps. When we first kind of meet the Duke brothers, they're arguing about just kind of the nature versus nurture you are correct, thing when it comes to science and genetics mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Like, is it the environment or, you know, is a good man going to be a good man? And so, you know, as they kind of, you know, argue through all of that, this part's happening and they're just like, aren't you uh you're a criminal right you don't you, you grew up in a broken home right super shitty question yeah just going down that line of questioning of like it's like yeah you know your your father probably wasn't around right you know and uh i i think that part was was really good as it, it wrapped up that scene of just okay what is the movie about the movie is about to be about this. yeah um, yeah, so yeah, that did, you're right. That was, you're uh, right. Then it absolutely set up the premise of the movie very well, actually. And what they were talking about was it. Le- of course, it leads to a wager, and that's the whole thing behind this film. And I, I what I found the scariest part of us is that one of them mentions that we've done this before. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I never <laughs> caught that when I saw this one as, as a teenager. It just makes you speculate as to all the corrupt shit they, they must have done throughout their lives as two wealthy men. But yeah, they, they set upon putting this wager into effect. And it's the wager of uh, if people are products of their environment or, or their bloodlines. <laughs> and who wants to take it from here? Anyone? Uh, <laughs> we love you all the okay. work. Um, you were doing so well, Jim. Okay, shit, then I'll keep going. Yeah, I, I can, I can you, talk if you want. You lazy want. bastards. Um, oh, no, no. Go, Dan. Go, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> we are at the part where the the spark is, is made for the idea and made for the bet, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're discussing that about just, you know, what are we going to have to do? Um, you know, it's like, hey, we could get that guy and that guy could run our business. Um, but what about Winthrop? And it's just like, oh, we just got to make sure he's in a bad situation. But will he turn mm-hmm. to crime or will he figure it out? So right then and there, they're just we're going to find a way to make that happen. Um, as that simultaneously is kind of happening, we visit our favorite character, Billy Ray. Actually, I guess before Billy Ray, we actually have dinner first. But I do love the fact that Billy Ray's in jail. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> while that's happening first. You said uh, Dan Aykroyd's character Winthrop's taking all the glory. Yeah. He's at oh, yeah. dinner with with his with his little sweetheart, the grand fiance. Um, yeah. The most awkward fucking dinner ever, <laughs> <laughs> where you have poor Coleman over here doing a flambe dessert, and you know, and she's she's all like, "Oh yeah, Louis, you know, Coleman, did you hear what Louis did today?" And you know, mm-hmm. she's like, "I want you really bad," and she just you know, kind of trying to hit to him. While Coleman's trying to mix up and, you know, as she, you know, tells him like, hey, I want you and I want you now. She's like, all right, Coleman, um, we, no dessert. Uh, we'll go ahead and take our business into the, the, you know, to the privy, into the living room or whatever. And it's like, well, what do I do with this dessert? You could have it. <laughs> which is i think a thing that i like so much of this movie it's like it's a bunch of rich assholes giving stuff that you don't yeah. want yeah even in the club prior to uh one of them was just like oh i didn't forget it's the holidays yes uh, the christmas and, uh, bonus oh, yeah. Just, oh, here, yeah, here's five dollars yeah. wow thanks the- maybe i will go to the movie about myself <laughs> This this movie has so many quotable lines. 
I mean, we we spent. Mm. I remember that summer. Just every day, we would quote a line from this movie to each other, given whatever circumstance. And that was one of them. Is like maybe I'll go to the to the movies by myself. Like like uh, it's like, ah, <laughs> uh, it's it's it, whoever wrote this movie, the writers were brilliant. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. But uh, please. Oh, and also, you know, the scene with Coleman with the dessert. You know, right after he says, "You can," yeah, no, Coleman, you can, you can have it. And the next scene, you saw it shows him dumping it in the yeah. garbage can, which, uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's when, actually, as he's dumping the this, that's when he Takes gets the call. call. Yeah, Dana, take it away, man, please. Yeah, I, I didn't even know, and, and that was weird to me too. I, I guess I didn't know that when I first watched it a while ago. Um, that he also works for the Dukes, mm -hmm. and he's kind of being told about the experiment. So he takes the phone call. Oh, there's an experiment. Oh, I need to, you know, set up Lewis. Okay. Like hangs up the phone. It's basically like yeah, assholes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, we go back to our, our guy, Billy Ray, who is just uh, in jail. He's, mm -hmm. uh, he's <laughs> bidding all these amazing scenes of just like, yeah, man, I'm in jail, you know, but you know, I'll be out soon. Uh, my bitches will be here. You know, I actually, <laughs> you know, I've been, I know Kung Fu. I'm actually a, I think he said that he was a chain belt, which I thought was a fantastic <laughs> line. Not a black Yeah, those belt, are sure that's got to be Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Oh, that was all for yeah. sure. That's yeah. all his ad libs there. I think he was crushing <laughs> that whole little scene. Um, <laughs> Just like, oh, I'm a chain belt. Where are my bitches at? Uh, you know what? I actually know karate. Uh, so just really just blowing up. Tell how you beat on the cop. Wasn't no cop, man. It was cops. Plural. Nine, ten cops. Beat the shit out of ten cops and had to change my whole strategy around. Yo, when they brought you in here and booked you, you was crying like a pussy. Yeah. That's because it's when the cops fell, he threw tear gas in my face. And that's the kind of shit they use on crowds, man. I still walk in here like a man, so get out of my face, all right? I mean, you, you beating up on a man, you putting a man in a hospital, how come I don't see no marks on you? Yeah. Because I'm a karate man, all right? Karate man bruise on the inside. They don't show their weaknesses. But you don't know that because you're a big Barry White looking motherfucker. Now get off my back, all right? Uh, something that uh, I did not remember, though, when they're in the jail scene, uh, besides the two scary giant guys. I yes, I know what you're going to say. One of, uh, one of the uh, other prisoners who's in lockup with them is... Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito. Very, really? Yeah. I did not notice no, him. See, I, oh I was gosh. waiting for Scott to bring this up. This was a perfect Scott. Oh wow, moment. I did not notice him. I was not paying attention to those Scott guys. Scott has been off his game Scott recently. doesn't see color. So, <laughs> <laughs> Scott doesn't see color. <laughs> but yeah, the guy standing right next to him, to his right, who's leaning against the bars. Mm. And you're right, Dana. I didn't notice. Oh, I mean, at the wow. time, of course, when this movie was was released or, or yeah. even during the 80s Giancarlo Esposito wasn't a name yet man he looked yeah. so young he was like a baby he had hair of course and he had yeah. curly hair and it was hilarious to oh, see acne. him like that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like acne yeah. it really tripped me out to see you know <laughs> I was like Breaking Bad was uh way into your future yeah. buddy so yeah that was uh I was crazy to see him yeah. but uh right when he's getting uh Eddie Murphy's character Billy Ray's getting threatened as he's waiting for his bitches yeah. yeah that's so good he has there's two guys who are basically just calling bullshit and everything that he's saying they're threatening him they lift him up to the wall and then right at that moment he gets bailed out he doesn't but know how he got bailed out 
that's probably the bitches, but he got bailed out. <laughs> he did that so well. Like everything was just boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. You know, it's, he it's like that. he's doing a skit for Saturday Night Live. That's but, it, but, almost. You know, I, I that. did not even. It's like he was just being Eddie Murphy. I, I mean, that was just him, just rolling off. Just being off the cuff. You can tell. Uh, John, I, I could only imagine the reaction of the cast and crew as they were filming scenes like this, and especially on John Landis's part as director, and watching this thing unfold and, and just seeing this this young talent, Eddie Murphy, just just roll with it and just deliver this comedy gold, you know, because uh, you could tell that shit was that whole scene, man, was unscripted, yeah. man. That was pure Eddie Murphy, and and it just you know, it's just a. a it's his genius. His genius was already coming through. But please, let's continue with the plot. So we get bailed out. Uh, Billy Ray is now back on the scene. He's trying to walk away from the jailhouse. And as he's walking away from the jailhouse, who do we find? We find our, our two Duke brothers who are just like, hey, man, you know, you want to care to have a conversation with us? He immediately recognizes them from the club. And he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not into whatever hustle you have going on, you know, whatever. And they're mm -hmm. like, no, 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 man. Why would we, you know, set you up? We're the ones who bailed you out. Mm -hmm. So um, we now start on the track of the Dukes trying to introduce him to the new life, which I, I, I he had the right frame of mind. Who the fuck gets picked up? And it's like, hey, by the way, we're going to drop you off to your new lifestyle. So <laughs> he is skeptical the whole entire time. He gets, you know, he's just like, hey, this is now your home. Yeah. Um, you know, Coleman is your butler. And he's like, hey, man, I don't want to do any of this funny stuff. <laughs> you know, they try to get, tell him to take a bath. And he's like, yeah. yeah, we got the jacuzzi. He's like, I don't know what no jacuzzi is. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, jacuzzi you guys anybody, are into that but... gay stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, bubbles. Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess the only way we got a jacuzzi back in my days is if somebody farted mm. in the tub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, he's now being introduced to his real life, uh, his new life of just like, hey, this is your home as he start stealing stuff they're like yeah no, pocketing no, no. everything around this, <laughs> this is your home this is your place and he's you're stealing like, oh, your own stuff yeah he, he was already pocketing stuff. like cigar in the, in the limousine already oh, but then the whole entire time just that's that was his whole mo which anybody who comes up anybody I, I don't think you had to be you know super poor but poor enough where you know this is a dream that nobody just comes to you and says hey by the mm -hmm. way this is here's all the rich stuff and it's all belongs yeah, to sure. you so mm -hmm. uh so, so he's being made out to you know figure out life um and we we understand that he's going to be heading towards the life that lewis formerly had um before uh we do that we do find our friend lewis um and our friend lewis is actually he's at the heritage he, club now yes he's mm -hmm. at the heritage club again where they're doing their pledges they're doing their their table and they have an accusation out there as far as um was it just straight up just who took this money is yeah somebody somebody took money and the head of security had you know said there was been theft so he they marked three fifty dollar bills with a red x and mm -hmm. uh somebody witnessed somebody put it in their pocket yeah, some elaborate plan of everybody stand up, put your your left hand on the person's hand out. <laughs> shoulder, and then reach into that person's pocket. It's uh, okay, all right. Yeah, a whole so, thing. but yeah, sure enough, Dan Aykroyd has a fifty dollar bill. It was a lot of plus on. for one hundred and fifty dollars. That's all I got. Yeah, say. right. Is that our first time that we meet Clarence Beak 
Clarence Beak was the one who actually did the planting, right? Yeah. So we, I guess a part that we skipped was when we first get introduced to the Dukes and Winthrop, he's doing the payroll, like you stated, mm -hmm. but a name that comes up, mm -hmm. he's like, Hey, it's $50,000 for Clarence Beak. I, there's no employee of such name. I looked at the files, but mm -hmm. later on, we find out who exactly who he is, but he's basically just your good old fat. He, he's the, the old age, Michael Cohen. He's a fixer. Yeah. As the fixer, he he's the one who put that money into Dan Aykroyd's Louis Winthrop's pocket. And now he's going to be disgraced and, you know, taken out and, and jailed yeah, over this. Yeah. So it's, so he now has his, his line that he's going to be heading to. So, but before we find out more to what he's happening, we do go back to, to Billy Ray and Billy Ray learning the part of the business. Mm -hmm. um, Joe, do you want to take it from here where he goes to the actual business now? So this is when he, was this the part when he, he was in the, the room? He, wanted, he, he I, gets taught about commodities. He's yeah, they, they explained yeah. what and, all that stuff is. And, and, and yeah. then he would just, then he did, he got smart right, right then and there. He knew yeah. about the, the. Pretty pretty quick. Yeah, they, they bring him in and they basically go over commodities with him. So they literally have like a glass of orange juice on the table. They have a mm -hmm. piece of bread for wheat. And then they have a, I, I don't know if it was bacon for the, for for the pork, pork bellies. bellies. Yeah. But then, then, pork then he explains to Eddie Murphy, he's like, you know, pork bellies, which makes bacon, which makes your BLT sandwich. Oh. And then mm -hmm. Eddie Murphy does a perfect, perfect spike of the camera. Scene. Looks yeah. right into the camera. Like, like come on. Give me that part does, that it, was absolutely that part does it to me every time because again <laughs> you know that was unscripted you know john last yeah like, you, you don't look in the yeah. camera as an but, actor but it know. was perfectly timed he goes it's like bacon oh. as you would find in a bacon lettuce and tomato sandwich and the, the look that eddie murphy gives the camera was like who the fuck does this guy think i am like, <laughs> like i've never heard of BLT. so this is when he he told the the dukes not to um sell the stock yet or just yeah hold on. Yeah. yeah he's hold, already hold like analyzing yeah. he's like yeah yeah no he the whole thing about it i think it was pork bellies mm -hmm. once again yeah. pork, pork bellies, bellies talk it's always uh, about pork like, bellies yeah he's yeah. like you know it's the holidays and people aren't going to want to spend a lot of money on pork or whatever the price mm -hmm. is going to go down whatever he says and he makes them a bunch of money because he tells them not to that the, the last or sell or mind whatever. it is his first know. day at work <laughs> he's yeah, never done he, he figured it out pretty yeah, quick. He sure did. He yeah. made us three hundred and seventy-four hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> and what happened after that? Oh, uh, this. Uh, well, the Dukes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Scott. Oh no, I was just saying. No, right after this, yeah, the Dukes, the one Duke brother. I think um, they, he, he Don Amici knows he's losing this. One, one of the Duke mm -hmm. brothers knows he's. Yeah, he, you know, oh, he dropped the money. Yeah, he dropped. He left money on, on money the ground. Clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and Eddie Murphy Money's actually clear. returned it to him. You know, he was trying to set him up, so that's not going to work. But right after this, um, I believe is when Eddie Murphy goes to the club. You know, he goes back to the bar. I guess he used to hang out with, but now he's okay, this rich yeah. guy. Uh, who you know is taken there by his chauffeur, and he's like throwing money at the bar. Basically, mm -hmm. you know, he owes the bartender money. He's uh, he's just throwing money at twenty seven dollars. Yes, <laughs> and then he uh, he you know he's basically just he's buying everybody champagne. He runs into to two guys that tried to beat him up in the in the jail cell, and those those two dudes show up. Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah and the then very they, white they see that he wasn't lying. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, says he has a limousine, limousine. They went outside to see the limousine. So that's pretty satisfying, though. That was a pretty satisfying moment for, for the character. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he lied and well, then it happens. It is. And then, you know, he invites everyone back to his house to keep the party going. if it cuts to Dan Aykroyd in jail then or if you do the party scene next but you know they basically they do go back to Eddie Murphy's uh Eddie Murphy's place in New Crib and then they're they're all said now he's his attitudes change you know he sees mm-hmm. people making a mess inside his uh inside now his stuff you know um and he gets mad goes up you know the butler tells him that somebody's up in his room runs up there there's a topless lady in the room and he doesn't care he just wants her out of there you know he wants mm-hmm. all these people out he throws everybody out of the party because you know now so what does that mean what does that mean does that mean he changed or he's seeing yeah, he's changing different. already what? yeah yeah he's seeing what things differently things, I, I one know. of the things that i i've noticed this to, upon revisiting this movie is they they handled that very well the transition that the, both of these characters go through as humorous and over the top as it is, right? They they capture that very well. Um, and and both and to both actors' credit, they played it very well. Where you know you see uh, uh Winthorpe uh, on a decline, like it's just getting worse for him. And as he's making the realization that it's he's not in that lifestyle anymore, and he just gets mm. lower and lower. At the same time, you have uh, Eddie Murphy's character, and this was the first scene to attest to that. That um, you know, sort of all of a sudden he's like, you know, like like you're fucking up my house, and at the mm-hmm. end of that scene, which I appreciated, which which another uh golden Coleman scene, is what well, a little clip yes. he's serving drinks at the party, but he's getting smashed himself, which I loved. <laughs> I loved that he took the yeah. offer. He was like, "Fuck that, we're partying. I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna serve drinks, but I'm gonna get smashed while doing it." But at mm-hmm. the end of that scene, um. You know, you see Eddie Murphy realize that uh, these people aren't his friends. These people don't give a shit about him. They right. only gave a shit about his money. And he kind of makes that realization. And and Coleman is like, why don't you go upstairs and retire, you know, for the day? Because you got a big day of work mm-hmm. tomorrow. And uh, um, Eddie Murphy's like, yes, I think I will. He need pauses. And he's like, retire. Like, like this is, mm-hmm. you know, the language is new to him. The lifestyle is new mm-hmm. to him. And and there's a look that Coleman gives him as he's going up the stairs. That's actually very endearing because Coleman knows what's going on. And he has like he's... a lot of sympathy for Eddie Murphy's character from the get. He has a lot because he knows that it's just an experiment and he's being used. And, and, and you know, when he mm-hmm. takes him to work the next morning as he gets out the car and Eddie Murphy looks up at the building where he's about to embark on his new career, so to speak, right? And he's like, what, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do here? You know, he asked Coleman, like, what, what do they want from me? And, and Coleman th- gives him one of the best lines in the movie. He goes, whatever happens, just be yourself. They can't take that away from you. 
and and, and that mm-hmm. was so well written. This movie was very well written, very well scripted. I gotta say, in my opinion. Now I see why you like that character, June. I didn't realize it. Yeah, but he was more like advice to to all this. In a way, he was actually. In a way, he was kind of like the moral compass of the movie. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think at the end of the movie, his moral compass is kind of shaky. So we'll, 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 we'll keep going. We'll, we'll keep what, going. What do you mean? How dare you, Scott? He is Jiminy Cricket. But he has his own servant at the end of yeah. the film. It, it kind of ruins the film. But all right. So let's 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 go back to the. So let him be Jiminy Cricket. Why can we have both? Yeah. Let's just have both. So the movie we did get out of order. By by June, we're calling this scene. Then the next scene is when he learns about commodities. Yes. So actually, uh, the Dan Aykroyd scene somewhere in here too. So at the same time, Dan Aykroyd is basically he's he goes to jail. He uh, when he gets there, the Beaks guy is also there. Who's kind of ta- you see him talking to a cop off to the side. And mm-hmm. uh, Dan Aykroyd, when he goes in there, they make him strip. They treat him like crap. They they go through his stuff and they find uh, PCP inside his uh, inside his coat, no, Scott, which planted planted Scott, there. Don't fail me. Who was yes. in that scene? Damn it, Scott! I don't know. I think I'm missing I'm everybody. Who's in the scene? Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. The You're the my cops? only hope. Uh, uh, he was a cop. No, Frank was he I I didn't see. Oh, was he the he's cop? The cop he was that, the cop that found the PCP. I did that not realize that. was Frank wow. Oz. Oh. So Frank Oz apparently knows what PCP tastes yes. like because he puts I love that. He, he just did PCP. Is that how police back in the day, they always had to taste it? I, I seen it live. Like, yeah, I, I don't think that works. Listen, I, <laughs> very scientific. I grew up in mm-hmm. neighborhood yeah. that were very. I never once saw a cop stop, take something from him, and taste and it. Taste it. <laughs> never. Is this pissed? Is this pissed? <laughs> it is pissed. Right. No, that is pure movie Hollywood wow. fiction. But uh, let's continue. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah. Go, go for yeah. It. So, so Ackroyd is got framed again. Now he's got drugs on him. The guy tells him his PCP. That's three to five years, and he gets thrown into a cell. Uh, in his cell, I think now this is probably where it cut back to Eddie Murphy at one point. Mm-hmm. But while he's in the cell, yeah. he gets beat up. All his clothes get taken from him. And uh, he he his girlfriend comes, his fiance actually bails him out. Uh, so he's uh, excited to see her. He is wearing a mixture of whatever clothes he can find. Uh, he's got like a yeah, he's got a little bit of everything on him. He uh, he sees her. She is just disgusted to be there. She doesn't want to be around these people. I'll give her credit for actually showing up and bailing him for out. Real. But you know, yeah, she she's she like cramming good. between some. Uh, some some fat guys and she just looks like she does not want to be there she says he smells uh says that you know he embarrassed her and uh at the same time beeks is still there beeks uh sees jamie lee curtis she's playing a prostitute first time we see her she's Mm -hmm. she's just getting bailed out and beeks comes up to her and tells her you want to make a hundred bucks and then whispers in her ear penelope and dan Aykroyd go outside and she looks like Penelope looks like she's she's gonna give in. She what, yeah. was she ever in any other movie? Any other movies? I don't recognize her. No, no. Skin of Max. Yeah, no, oh, you, no. you want to look her up? I, yeah, look, look her up, so. uh, Mr. Skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reason, but, uh, yeah. please. Um, just checking. Okay, yeah, Penelope. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. So, so Penelope, uh Penelope looks like she's gonna she's in a cave, you know. She looks like she's about to come back to Dan Aykroyd. And now nowhere Jamie Lee Curtis comes up, starts kissing him. Starts yeah. telling him she needs a hit. You know what? What do What do you want me to do, Daddy? She gets down on her knees, <laughs> and uh, Penelope's like, "Oh, we're through." She takes off, gets in her limo, and 
and leaves, says, we're through, no but more. But mind you, all this is going on on the steps of a police precinct yes, with hundreds right of now. cops walking around. So so she gets on her knees like she's going to give him a head or something. And I'm like, no cop bothered to ask. But then again, I don't know what the what the climate in Philadelphia was like at the time. Maybe that was standard <laughs> fare. I don't or know. the context. Maybe you're just happy that you're out from jail, baby. Come on. Oh, now. I, you know. I guess. Yeah, at that point, um, yeah, that's when we're introduced to Jamie Lee Curtis's character, who's a who's plays a prostitute, I guess, the in this movie. Hooker with a heart of she gold. Sure is. <laughs> that's right. Um, do you want to keep going, Scott? Or you want you want to? Ah, uh, yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, Dan Aykroyd tells her, like, hey, you know, you pay for a cab, you bring me to, um, clubhouse. I think to the the clubhouse or the bank or something like that. I think he wanted to. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, oh, the actually. Yeah, actually, yeah. no, 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 back, back home. House. If you if, if you get if you give me oh, twenty dollars, oh yeah, yeah, he went back. Give to me the, twenty dollars. My butler yeah. will give you fifty. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Then he'll drive you wherever you want to go. Gets there exactly. Uh, Coleman, Coleman's being a dick, yeah. right? He pretends like he doesn't <laughs> know him. Uh, my name's not Coleman. Uh, I'm not gonna let you. In. I'm gonna call the cops if you don't get out of here. So mm-hmm. Dan Dan Ackroyd is like he can't believe it. Coleman's acting like he doesn't know him. He his key doesn't work anymore. So then he they take a cab to the bank. And then he tries to write out a check for ten thousand uh, dollars. I don't know. Actually, how much he, it was. at first he asked five hundred, and he just, oh, you know what, five hundred, then a thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the bank comes out and tells him his account's been frozen by the IRS, uh, and that his credit cards need to be seized, and he is out of luck. He's he's shit out of luck. Yeah. So now now his life's getting even worse. Uh, he tries to. He has nowhere to go. Right. He goes outside. Has nothing left, and Jamie Lee Curtis is like, "Well, I gotta go home. I've been doing this all day. Don't worry about mm-hmm. the the twenty dollars for the cab ride. I'm just gonna go." And basically, he begs her to, you know, take him with her, and she feels sorry for him. Uh, I don't know why she feels sorry for this guy. This guy is a dick the whole time he's around. I don't know what what she sees him, <laughs> yeah, but she takes right. him, takes him home, and tells him, "Okay, he's... you can stay here, but you know, rent is not free, food is not free. You're gonna have to figure out." some way to pay me back and uh and then she proceeds to take off her top and while he's staring gawking at her he's like and this is also not for yeah. free and then she closes the door on him and of course each <laughs> of us rewound that part probably like at yes least that, well that, that, no, that, that, that further that, down further down oh, oh yeah uh, you're right, I, you're right. That was burned in my mind. I think I I don't think I've ever not forgotten that part of the movie. I, seeing that at like a eleven or twelve years old, I I think I'll always remember that part oh, of my. Well, the movie. I screenshot for you, Scott, so you could have I, it forever thank now. You, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the deal was that he was just like, "Hey, in this bank, I have a hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars," and so that was part of it because remember she's just saying that you're my commodity so yeah. mm-hmm. like she she does that whole introduction about like oh yeah you know i come from some town that's named scott because nobody knew it's his name uh, or whatever you know he's saying all that stuff but her whole thing she feels his hand is like soft hands you yes. never worked a hard days in your life maybe mm-hmm. you are right maybe you do have money i'll see this through but to your point scott easily the smartest prostitute that you know and she's saved forty grand already. She's dumb. already yeah. saved forty grand. She's already invested yeah. money. She's mm-hmm. going to retire in a few years. 
<laughs> well, yeah. she knew that she knew her body only had a couple more years left. Yo, but, to, but I mean, but let's do some math here. Let's play retirement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know I think Dana was gonna is about to touch upon this because we probably yeah. have to say. Yeah, go ahead, Drew. Yeah. Gonna say, she saved the forty five grand. Now forty five grand. We're talking nineteen eighty three money. So with that, just triple. That's yeah. about one hundred fifty grand now on her yeah. back. I mean, mm-hmm. holy smoke! This woman was for the streets. Yeah, yo. pre 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 condom days too. Yes. Uh, in so. the middle of a, in the <laughs> middle of an epidemic, AIDS crisis. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How many years? This woman yeah, yeah, was she... working overtime, man. Just just sling guys <laughs> like holy yeah. shit! Forty five. Respect grand. the hustle. Yeah, but she does have a royal customer that comes. On key flowers, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it comes well, later on. So, cool. with Jamie Lee Curtis in real life in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, so she this was her first movie that really was more of a big budget movie. She had done all mm-hmm. horror movies before this, as you know, doing uh, Halloween kind of gave her that scream queen thing. So, she had done a series of horror movies. This is her first like mainstream movie, and she remarked that this is the first time anyone a- actually asked her to take her top off. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, all the horror movies, no one ever once suggested. Second, I do a mainstream movie, that's the first thing they asked me. So she was a little, a little bit bitter about it, and I don't blame her. Don't you know, that's a, I appreciate it's kind of messed scene, up, so, but I don't blame her. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, tough for women, man. Like, there's no, no doubt about it. Like, no, and, and Halloween, I, I I talked about how she was like a Bitcoin, and <laughs> I was saying about like dime piece. Mm-hmm. She's a she's a quarter. In yeah. This. Oh, she, she's what? what? I, I job, job well You're done. right, Dana, man. I, I totally yeah. forgot. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I too doing. had some words, but to be fair, Jamie Lee Curtis is '80s Jamie Lee Curtis versus uh 2023 Jamie Lee Curtis is a uh, is a difference. There. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, JLC. I do strike it from the record, but yeah, she was a she was a banker. Oh. She was a, uh, yeah, she's a fire, fire. But uh, yeah. yeah, trading places. Let's go back to the point. <laughs> Who wants to take it away? So yeah, now now back? we've established Dan Aykroyd is uh, he's he's in the in the toilet. You know, I think he after this he tries to sell his uh, his watch. watch. Oh. Yeah, just mm-hmm. so he can yeah. get any money. It's a six thousand dollar watch. A guy will only give him fifty bucks for it. Man, that watch is so hot. It's smoking. Hot? Do you mean to imply stolen? I'll give you 50 bucks for it. 50 bucks? No, no, no. This is a Rochefoucauld, the thinnest water-resistant watch in the world. Singularly unique, sculptured in design, handcrafted in Switzerland, and water-resistant to three atmospheres. This is the sports watch of the 80s. $6,955 retail. You got a receipt? No, it tells time simultaneously in Monte Carlo, Beverly Hills, London, Paris, Rome, and Stad. In Philadelphia, it's worth fifty bucks. Oh, uh, what? Oh, B, that that is uh, not BB King. It is. Come on, uh, Scott, don't let me die. Uh, Bo Diddley. Thank you. Whom, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, that, that, yeah. I, I know. I was about to rip off this shirt and quit the podcast if you didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Bo Diddley plays uh, the pawn shop guy. Uh, horrible. Yeah. You do love the watch, though. Horrible actor, mm. Bo Diddley. Oh yeah, I think maybe his only acting role. Thank Who knows? God. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure why. Just those two movie. scenes, just those two camera pans. <laughs> no. But Dan Aykroyd definitely was selling the shit. I, I wanted that watch for a minute, and then yeah. it was just like, he was just like, yeah, and three continents. It's uh, it's waterproof and air resistant, and yeah, atmosphere. <laughs> waterproof and three atmospheres. I whatever yeah. that means. I, I don't know exactly. And then Bo Diddley's like, yeah, in Philadelphia, it's fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so that was pretty. Nice. And uh, um, and he spots a gun, and and, and that yeah, was the only yeah. good part of acting that Bo Diddley did at all. When when Dan Aykroyd asked him how much for the gun, and he gives him this look like, "Whoa!" And that was the shining moment as far as acting is concerned. But uh, yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, this movie too. One of the things is this. This was a quick one. I mean, this was like flew. It just flew by. I mean, it's not much of a premise. It didn't need to be lengthy. But I forgot yeah. how good directors or filmmakers were back then in condensing so much into just an hour to an hour and a half. And they didn't need more than that. You know, it's like... Yeah, I, I think this movie was close to two hours, though. I think it was... Yeah, it was close to a two-hour movie, but the yeah. pacing was great. Pacing, yeah, no, it, it was, wasn't boring. Yeah, yeah. It, didn't let yeah every, it took you where you needed to go. Every scene mm -hmm. felt like it should be there. And it didn't deter. It was like there was no fluff. There was no filler. I agree. Yeah. So, but um, where do we go from there? From there, um, do we go to the holiday party at the at the stock? So place? I think at, from from there he um, from I think from there he 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 he's back at home reading newspaper, right? Like there's a, a Christmas party. No, well, this was we're skipping. So so are we skipping? <laughs> where uh I think we're at the part where he uh after Dan Aykroyd's character buys purchases the gun at the pawn shop. And uh be, but before that, I think there was a scene where no no, it's after. Now I'm all fucked up. See? I just saw this movie too. You think you're talking about where he sees so he does that scene earlier, but then there's the scene where he actually there's a couple scenes where they cross paths. The one scene was kind of earlier when they were kind of in cars across from each other. Yes, where he's yes. like, hey, that's my butler. That's The other time is when he's walking away from one of the, the pawn shop or whatever, but he sees Eddie Murphy having dinner and he's having dinner with all these, yes. you know, the, the people to touch elbows mm -hmm. with. So the mm -hmm. judge and everything. And, you know, they're listening to his every word because now he's the whiz kid of the Duke and Duke empire. Um, so the judge asked him like, Hey, like, what should I do about wheat? And then he gives that crazy answer of just like, Oh yeah. As much as uh, your girlfriend over here spends money to look at that necklace to be with mm -hmm. you, uh, you want to save your money and da, 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 blah, 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 complete silence. And then everybody just starts laughing. And Dan Aykroyd, he just sees this scene of just merriment and, you know, life going on without him, and that's what his life should be. Oh, and it, it is raining on him. The rain, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's so bad for him, and he's seeing this guy live a great life. So uh, mm -hmm. as it's raining on him, you're right. That's when we, uh, Joe, you were talking about seeing the newspaper. Uh oh, we can't skip that, that scene. Yes. Yeah, I was like, yeah, before that, <laughs> he's sick from the rain. He's yeah. not real that well. That's where Jamie Lee had to turn away a customer because mm -hmm. he had to take care of his 103 degree fever mm -hmm. and no movement for you. <laughs> um, and and as she takes care of him, a, another scene that I'm, I'm sure we just pause, play, pause, play, rewind, pause, play, pause, play. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to take care of him and keep him warm by stripping mm -hmm. yet again and this time getting to bed with him. Which, Once again, what did this guy yeah. do to deserve <laughs> this? He he exactly. doesn't pay any attention to her before this. You know, he's all he's still acting like an mm -hmm. asshole. He's still feeling bad for himself. He I I don't get it. I don't Listen, get it. Yeah, yeah. Either she had the best instincts on earth, or she was the dumbest bitch on earth. It's one of the two. She's the type of person I would call a pleaser. 
so you're going psychological on us dr. yeah she Joe, does she does it put a quarter in your your box yeah, yeah. okay Dr. Mm-hmm. Joe, gotcha. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Pleasing, man. That's that's. I would have done the same if I was uh, if Jamie Lee Curtis was sick. I would. You would have you would have taken off your top and got in the yeah, bed. You would take off your top sick. and take care of her. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think what they did though, because to your point, it's like Jamie Lee Curtis was on the come up. She is this Hollywood. You know, she wasn't an icon or anything, but at least she came from that type of family. I think they tried too hard to like make her look altruistic. I think that's the part where mm-hmm. probably me and you are at Scott, where it's like, mm-hmm. I get it. Like, you know, she's, you know, Ophelia. Oh, is that from Hamlet? It's like, they yeah. made her like very educated, very, you know, yeah. all these things. And you're just like, okay, but w- why are you still doing this? Like, <laughs> like, the pretty woman. Like, yeah. Just, just be, you know, in 2023, you know, having only fans and, you know, like, just go about your life. What's going well, on here? Well, I think the problem is not with the her. 80s. It's with him, though. You know, he never well, shows course. compassion exactly. at all for her. You know, and no, no, I think even at the end of the movie, I'm not even sure if he does. You know, it's it doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. It's very convenient. No, I agree. Least. You know, it's... it's Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably a better, that's a better way of saying it. Like, well, you know, he, he, to, to be fair, he's in different, completely different environment. Um, he's yeah, he could still be nice to yeah. her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I was like, yeah, to Scott's point, don't be a dick or don't be because he, he, you're right. He's very, he's kind of dismissive of her mm-hmm. until he sees her titties, yeah. which, yeah. Well, as any guy would say, is like, well, there's well, titties. Well, shortly her. before the scene, <laughs> in that scene where she brings him to her home and she takes him in and she makes that mm-hmm. deal with him or whatever, that's when he makes the realization. And the way he says, it, he goes, "You're a prostitute." You yeah. know, and I, I, exactly. that motherfucker would have been out right there. Like, like, yeah. like, like I would have exactly. been like, get the fuck exactly. out of here, bro. Like, 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 mm. I'm trying to help you out, and you're trying to become so. Yeah, to, to Scott's point, but he did, John. but he did came to his senses. So that that's when the the time when the the client was approaching, knocking at the door, and he was to leave. He was getting to leave the the room yeah, because you what, know his senses was yeah let, let me go take a walk so you can make some more money i think it's i still don't think he's being yeah. nice to her he's respecting her profession uh, no he's respecting he has no money and he, he trying to get her exactly. more of her money that's more of a pimp thing to do bro uh, <laughs> he's like he's a pimp but he's but no he's the ultimate john like scott's saying he doesn't have he doesn't offer anything he's just a job yeah. like yeah like she she doesn't she shouldn't have to even treat she him she has to way, go out so. of her way for him she has to support him she has to feed yeah. him the motherfucker has the nerve to get a fever and come home sick uh-huh. you know she has to lay in bed with him with titties out i mean i don't know it was a little it was kind of a tall order yeah. i mean to her credit yeah like i said she's either the most she has the most incredible instincts or she's the dumbest person on earth it's what well you know i guess it's fair in the end he, she probably gave him AIDS, so it, it's fine it's <laughs> I, I guess it's even. <laughs> they, they both died in the late 80s so it's, it's all right oh, in, in real life oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. so it like, does end happily ever after yeah. Yeah. so the, the next day he sat and read a newspaper that's when he yes. realized there is a party, the, a Christmas party that, event, that, right? Well, he sees uh, Billy Ray's picture in the He sees paper. Valentine's face. The mm-hmm. picture yes. of Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. they have in the face. I don't know. I paused it. I was screaming with laughter. It looks so fucking funny because he has this really serious, oh. weird mug. And yeah. it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that's where he learns that this this puts uh, Winthorpe over the edge. He's like, like... Yes fuck this i like i'm i'm gonna take care of this shit 
and that's i guess where we go to the holiday office party at duke and duke mm-hmm. you know he's there in, in the worst santa outfit looking all dirty first of all how the hell did dirty. they let him in like like even if they hired a santa for the party i'm sure that it, the budget was back. better that they could have you know like, like how did he get he was dirty santa oh my god yeah. where did he find the santa claus outfit that was my thing i was like he found i, I think santa he found it in the gutter it looked dirty i was like yeah, it was like the dirtiest <laughs> so yeah even before you go to that and, part i was like okay. and to top it all off this guy's he's at the buffet or the banquet table i mean uh, like he's taking nobody noticed this well one gentleman noticed when he stuffed that yeah. huge piece uh, of salmon i think just the whole fish and, yeah, and prime rib everything first he, yeah, first he key cut up the prime rib and put his pocket mm-hmm. right and then he laid out uh, he, the, he the bread was first <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah the bread yeah. He takes all the bread. He mm. just grabs the prime rib with his hand, yeah. and cuts it, and grabs it with his hand, puts it in his pocket. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty uh, good. Yeah. But at this point, um, he makes his way but, into uh, yeah. Billy Ray's office, what used to be his office, and he starts planting uh, drugs in, drugs in the desk drawer to frame Billy Ray. Billy Ray sees this. He walks in. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And he sees this, and he's like, "He calls the Dukes in." To, so they could witness well the, the scene right before that yeah. though was because billy ray actually was he was doing the payroll that we saw Lewis oh, yes, do earlier correct. he yeah. sees that check for ten thousand dollars he mm-hmm. goes down there and questions the dukes of like hey we don't know this guy they tell him to leave it alone but mm-hmm. then as the duke brothers are arguing you know basically it's just like hey man i won the bet he's like hey there's actually two parts of the bet yes Billy Ray is doing better, but it's not like that. Lewis Winthrop has done a crime. Yeah, that was part that of the way to your that scene. He would fall mm-hmm. yeah. low enough to fall into some kind of life of crime. And that's the part where you're yeah. at. Yeah. So, where, so, uh, so yeah, they they um he calls the uh Winthrop calls the Dukes into the office, you know, get this frame up going. And it doesn't go well for Winthorpe. You know, they call security in, people come in. Uh, Billy Ray's like this motherfucker's trying to frame me, and this is where Winthorpe goes wrong. He pulls out that gun, and that's what mm-hmm. clinches the bet. That's where call security. Yeah. Merry yeah. Christmas. That was brilliant, wasn't it? He was. He's like, I'm gonna call security, and right there, Winthorpe pulls the gun on him. He goes, Merry Christmas, and hands him the phone. Um, again, little Eddie Murphy genius tidbits. But yeah, that's that's his final fall from grace. Right, is when when uh he pulls out the gun that completes the wager. And they take him away, oh. or no, no, he leaves. He makes his no, way he, out. Runs, he runs, he escapes. Out yeah, with, you know, mm-hmm. and and there's a scene right when he's running out of the party. He got on the buffet table and first. he starts yeah. drawing his gun like a madman. Mm-hmm. And that was like when you knew, like he fully snapped at that point. He was just mm-hmm. done. Plus, he was drunk out of his ass. I think at that point, he he makes his way home. Um, well, not before Eddie Murphy disposes of the drugs, but of course, he keeps a joint. Just for good measure. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes to the bathroom, to the office bathroom, to, to smoke this joint. He hears the Dukes come in and uh he gets on top of the toilet to hide and he swallows the he swallows the joint and burns his tongue no. or whatever. But he overhears the Duke uh finalizing the did the bet and they explain, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. through exposition, they explain the whole thing. And he's like, What the fuck? Pay up, Mortimer. I've won the bet. Here, one dollar. <laughs> a waiter, a perfectly useless psychopath like Valentine 
and turned him into a successful executive. And during the same time, we turned an honest, hard-working man into a violently deranged, would-be killer. <laughs> now, what are we going to do about taking Winthorpe back and returning Valentine to the ghetto? I don't want Winthorpe back after what he's done. You mean keep Valentine on as managing director? Do you really believe I would have a n run our family business, Randolph? Of course not. Neither would I. Uh, we cut back to Dan Aykroyd. Well, the bet is also the the big, the most insulting thing is the bet's only for a dollar. Oh yeah, it's a dollar. Yeah. It's a dollar bet. You know? you're right. Yeah, Scott. that's what yeah. we learned before they just made yeah. a bet, the normal wager, yeah. and then you yeah. find out the bet is for a dollar. They ruined these this guy's life for a dollar. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we 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 follow up with Dan Aykroyd, who who uh, well after he learns about the wager, Eddie Murphy, he he goes outside to look for uh Dan Aykroyd. Well, and also what they do say in the scene is like, there's no way we're going to let Eddie Murphy uh, run our company. We're oh. going we're, we're to get rid of him uh, after the holidays or whatever. It's a word we're, for that, no. Scott. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah they, it's they, like, what, they, what did they say, Scott? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I was, uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't remember that part. <laughs> what, what, what was that? <laughs> so concerning that <laughs> What word, was that? I never knew. Did they say something? When I saw that movie for the first time, <laughs> and even I saw it uh, umpteenth times on cable, right? As a kid. Mm. That word wasn't in there. Really? No, really? It wasn't in there. I, I don't remember it either, but they I, said Negro. I, I, I tend to believe it. Well, though they say Negro a lot in it. Yeah, well, but in that particular but, scene, yeah. he didn't yeah. say the N-word. He said Negro. Oh, as okay. far and so when when I saw it, I was like, what what? Like I, I rewound it. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, apparently Don Amici didn't have a hard time saying that word. It was <laughs> that was word. my thing. I was just yeah, like, he, he's I was like, like, he, he can say, he can say "f you." He but... didn't say "fuck fuck you," but he didn't need to be convinced to say that. <laughs> he he probably said it like thirty takes too. He's like, "No, I don't like that." Let, let, let me do another one. Hold on, hold on. It's not a hard enough R. Yeah. <laughs> it's and and listen, he put some emphasis on that word in that scene. Okay, I'm not exaggerating <laughs> yeah. for effect. Never gonna gonna a little I was very surprised. I was like, "Holy yeah. shit!" I'm glad that you shared that fact with us. Oh, oh man! <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. I totally. I'll it. never say fuck, <laughs> but what I will say. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, wow. But yes, it, you're right. That part was great. We're at Dan Aykroyd. He, uh, you know, he's heading back towards Ophelia's, uh, Jamie Lee's, Curtis's area, but. He, he wasn't really going to go there. First, he was going to kill himself with the gun. <laughs> yeah. He puts the gun mm -hmm. towards his head. He's like, ah, whatever. Throws the gun. Of course, it goes off and just shatters a glass. And he, he heads towards Ophelia, who is by far the nicest, most holiest hooker as she's over here setting up Christmas yeah, and decorating doing the all these Christmas trees. Mm. Yeah. Oh. And Dan Aykroyd goes to the bathroom, basically kind of just snuck in, goes to the bathroom, and he starts picking some of those quaaludes. Um, while that's happening, um, Billy Ray is trying to find him. Basically, I guess he just has a sixth sense of where uh, white people in the ghetto go. He <laughs> well, I think he called him. He, he <laughs> called him into the building. 
And the door was open. He even says that to Jamie Lee when he comes in. He's like, hey, the door is open. I'm looking for Winthrop, uh, Lewis Winthrop. And uh, he yeah. drive to that area. Why would he know to go to that area? He, oh, that's he just mistaken like four well, or five but, other Santas. Well, didn't did he, he like follow him goes. on the bus? He saw him go on the bus, right? The bus and and he yeah. the cab. So I guess he must have said follow that bus and made all the stops yeah. with that bus. At any point, I'm sure the bus must have made a stop or two in between the Dukes like and stops. that place because there were two very different neighborhoods. So it stands to reason that they made a few stops. It's, it's movie logic. Yeah, it's fine. It's I know too, logic. too much logic. Too yeah. much logic. Shame on but us. But anyway, I know. <laughs> but yes, listen. That's what, he does find that's it. That's what we do here at How we yeah. Good Was It. We speculate yeah. to no end. But <clears throat> well, but, what uh, Ackroyd? Yes. He's OD'd. He's OD'd in the tub. Yes. Uh, Eddie Murphy breaks down the door, and then next thing you know, uh, Ackroyd is back in his old place in his old bed. Coleman is has a doctor there, and they've taken care of him. And he wakes up thinking this was all a dream. And he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, you know, I had a terrible dream that I lost my job and I lost my fiance and I lost all this stuff. And that, and then he says a to, Negro, to some, Negro. Like, to some Negro. And then he sees Eddie Murphy and then starts strangling Eddie Murphy. Morning, sir. Merry Christmas. Coleman, I've had the most absurd nightmare. I was poor and no one liked me. I lost my job, I lost my house. Penelope hated me. And it was all because of this terrible, awful Negro. So once again, Winthrop is a great guy. <laughs> I, I, I see why J- Jamie Lee Curtis loves him. You know, he, he's such a he's such a good person. He, you know, it's funny. You're right, Scott. And I'm from that I gave too much credit because he wakes up and he sees he's back in where he feels he belongs. He snapped right back yeah. into that persona. Oh, yeah. No effort. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh. mm-hmm. and it was all because of this horrible Negro. And it was like the way he said it, <laughs> even his his mm-hmm. vernacular, the way he yeah. spoke, it, mm-hmm. it was just went straight back to how he was in the beginning of the movie. So uh, they inform, you know, after after he tries to kill Eddie Murphy and they, they pull him away, Coleman and Ophelia. And I guess this gives them the opportunity to explain what happened, that it was a, a wager between the Duke brothers. Funny because the next scene, is him loading a shotgun. Start yeah, but I love that he had the hunting vest on, like uh-huh. he was gonna. Hunt and Coleman's him. helping yes, him. Coleman Coleman's helping him. Two yeah. more shotguns. <laughs> Coleman's already back scene. to being his servant again. He's already, you know, exactly. even though Eddie Murphy's there, he's already like, all right, I guess we're doing this. Oh man, God bless Coleman. I love my it. favorite part about Eddie Murphy in that scene though was just so great. He's like, you can't just go around just shooting people. Well, why not? <laughs> Motherfucker, that's like 20 years. years. Like, <laughs> it's like he just automatically goes back to like his street style, like automatically. And I love that part. Yeah. Oh, Motherfucker, that's like 20 years, bro. You can't do that. Yeah. Well, but during that time, though, uh, Ophelia's watching the news and she remembers the guy who offered her the $100. Oh, Beaks, yes. So, mm-hmm. so, which is Beaks, who we find out all along. Clarence Beaks, both Eddie Murphy and Lewis are just like, oh, I remember this guy. This was a check, you know, that, you know, with payroll that they always, the Dukes will always take care of. And they kind of put two Mm -hmm. and two together as Beaks has this amazing crop report, which would help them with all their finances and stock exchanges. So this guy has always been like an inside man. He's always been like this dirty dealer, apparently for the Dukes. Um, They're Michael Cohen. Sorry, Michael Cohen. Um, (laughs) And so that's where they come up with the brilliant idea of just uh, if this is how the Dukes have been getting ahead and making their money, like, you know, we should screw them over 
and Coleman being Jiminy Cricket, Scott, he basically is just like, well, instead of screwing them over, you know, if you guys got to this information first, you, it would take care of you guys. So essentially, you guys could now, do insider trading instead, <laughs> instead yeah, of them. Basically. Sure. You guys could this is a great Jiminy Cricket, Scott. It is okay for Coleman to be altruistic. <laughs> yes. He's a great man. Yes. Even yes. though he knew this was experiment the whole entire time. Yes. But yes. We digress. How dare you? <laughs> um, but now they come up with this plan where they're going to find they're going to find Clarence Beeks and they're going to get to that information first so they can do their insider trading. As they're hatching this plan to go there, we now run into all of a sudden a lot of other characters because this is now close to New Year's Eve. It basically is New Year's Eve um, yeah. where they find Clarence Beeks and Clarence Beeks is going to be taking a train from uh, I guess what he was taking DC? the train from yeah, DC, DC to, to New York. But, but to I New think York. right before so, this, there's a short scene. I'm sorry to yeah. cut you off, Dana. There's a short, there's a short scene where they get the information. A phone call. They get the information from yeah. Beaks. Oh, right? exactly. And Eddie Murphy yes. is there posing as Beaks. He's in the shadows. But Eddie Murphy does the worst fucking imitation of Clarence Beaks ever. He did not. I was like, haven't didn't the Dukes? Talk with Beaks at some point. At oh no, this is after though. Face to face, but that's yeah. afterwards. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. after they. Get that was to the end. That was to the end. But Eddie Murphy was on the phone. Like that's how they knew how. L to listening to the okay. plan. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's how they knew where to Sorry. get him or whatever. But you're absolutely right about that scene. That that didn't make any sense. <laughs> none of this actually. This next whole scene. Yeah. None of it makes sense. I, I think they had to figure out a way to to wrap up this film. <laughs> yeah. This just yeah. From here on, it doesn't. It's all out yeah. there. They they ran out. How can of we get ideas. Al Franken into this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, get a uh, John Belushi into this. Maybe if we gotta have oh, a gorilla. Can get... What can we do with a gorilla? All right. We can have a real gorilla. So, so yes, we're we're going to the train. It's a big costume party. We get a big deal made about a gorilla also going onto this train and how it needs to be tranquilized. Um, Beaks is by himself. The target is Beaks briefcase which has the information that they need first thing that happens is we get eddie murphy which what's the best way to disguise a black guy just make him another black guy with another <laughs> dialect <laughs> that will show him undercover that's probably better than dan agroy well, okay oh so you're saying that oh yeah, yeah, yeah we haven't got there yet but yeah that's yeah it's like that yeah we gotta get to we gotta get to coleman first baby come on coleman's <laughs> the the whiskey drinking priest who's over yeah, here trying yeah. to offer a drink and <laughs> do some distractions and then we have it's so natural that the way he acted <laughs> wow. so what's even more natural than that jamie yeah. lee curtis walking in and she's from sweden yeah, doing a horrible like, sweden yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah with her leader hosen and she needs help with her rucksack and the only mm. person who can help her is beak um in which while she has her beautiful boobs good job mm -hmm. those are grade a boobs there J jamie lee curtis as she has that in the face of beats eddie murphy makes the trade of suitcases so he now has the information that's needed for the insider trading um he then goes to try to meet up with dan Aykroyd's character so he could actually get that information and use it to what they need to get and pull it out obviously during that whole entire time it's a crazy party going on you have a uh, you know, this crazy gorilla guy dressed as a gorilla who's just like, Jim yeah, Belushi dresses Jim gorilla. Belushi. Like, come on, man. Like, we're going to be partying forever. They're just like, yeah, you had too much. Like, oh, wait, so, yeah. quick question. The suitcase part. Yes. I, 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 so they, they took his suitcase and they swapped. They're swapping with another suitcase. Uh, they're going to put a swap with another suitcase. So fake information there. there. 
Yeah. Right. So yeah. they can no no no. So they took the suitcase to that aircraft yes. to look at the information, and he brought the suitcase back and swapped the the original suitcase back with the the fake suitcase as like a, a placeholder. Yeah. 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 Right. Yep. A decoy. Yeah. Okay. So that should even yeah. Return but now big big seizures. He sees this happen, yeah. and he takes out his gun and holds them all at gunpoint, and then takes them back to one of the uh, baggage cars. You know, right, right where the gorilla cage happens to be. He's threatening to, I guess, shoot or kill them. And at this time, party's over. Yeah, Jim Belushi shows up, wanting to party, wearing his gorilla outfit. And the gorilla in the cage is really excited when he sees uh, Jim Belushi in the outfit. And then Belushi gets knocked out by Beaks. The gorilla behind him gets mad and knocks out uh, Beaks right after that. So now Beaks is unconscious. Mm -hmm. They put him in the gorilla outfit, uh, gag him, and then put him inside the cage with uh, with the real gorilla. Yeah. So so much going on. <laughs> well, you know, and but, Scott, what was Dan Aykroyd dressed as, by the way, Scott? Oh, oh yeah, we, we were people? right by that. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jay Aykroyd was in blackface. Yes, yes, he uh, he dresses as a Jamaican. It was very tasteful. No, no I have. I have to rewind <laughs> to the very beginning of the film, right before the film started. And they give, you yeah. know, the rating, right? And whatever. This film is rated R because it contains this. And one of the things it says it contained is blackface. It says it blackface. Said, well, I totally blackface. missed I didn't know that. that. Strong language, sexual, whatever. Wow. Blah, blah, blackface. I started cracking up. I, I was like, are you kidding? Yeah, so I, have to go back and I had forgot that. that scene. You know, once I saw it, I remembered. And I was like, oh, crap. And I can't believe they did that. Dan cannot play a black person. <laughs> no. It was Dad. the worst Jamaican accent. He you don't horrible. say. It was horrible. Wait, 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 Jude. I want to go back. So. Obviously, it had like those things, like contains blackface. What do you think that, like, if a movie contained blackface, what would the rating normally be? Obviously, if you have a certain amount of nudity, <laughs> it makes a difference between like a PG thirteen and a PG thirteen. I think it goes from like, G to PG. Yeah. If it, if it, if it's blackface, How... it just go to PG. So yeah, <laughs> it's curious because yeah, 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 that's, yeah G, pretty... G's, that's the only one that's not allowed to have it. So yeah, now, now no, I think I, I will yeah. add that I'm sure this is something they've added recently. It wasn't like in the original. Oh, of course, black, you know, but that's so. just fine. Like. 10 years ago. Yeah. Maybe uh, yes. 12 years ago. I think ago. A Soul Man came out like a year or so after this. Oh, yeah, God. no, it, it was it, it was accepted practice back in the I, 80s. We might have to do well, Soul Man. Are you we kidding just, me? We just... Justin Trudeau wasn't even alive in the 80s. <laughs> Why did Justin Trudeau go to that 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 party in Canada? Uh -huh. like, that was probably like early 2000s. <laughs> oh, that was just acceptable like 20 years ago. Oh, so yeah, no, that's uh, good old blackface. Gotta love the, 80s. The, the party that just never yes. stops. You gotta love the eighties. I think this is where we go to that scene where Eddie Murphy poses as Beaks, right? Pretty much. Yes. Now, mm -hmm. yeah, like I said yes. before, Fucking I don't understand terrible. how the Dukes fell for that. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't see him. He was in the shadows. I get that. But Eddie Murphy did the worst, like nineteen fifties, nineteen thirties gangster voice I've ever heard. It was horrible. And I was like, if I'm not mm. mistaken, at least one of the Dukes. Had spoken with Beaks on the phone in person. Right. I think. I, well, I think they, yes, in person. Yes. How do they 
How do they frame Dan Aykroyd? Wow. Well, yeah. Where were the yeah, checks exactly. going for? They've yeah. done this before. So, so that, like, that, that they, mm-hmm. they believe, like, like they didn't question, like, Beeks, you don't sound like yourself. Do you have a cold or something? Like, there was none of yeah. that. They just took it at face value. Didn't they say that? I thought they what? did say that. No. No. They didn't question anything. No. They were like, 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 hey, oh. Beeks, happy new year. I mean, <laughs> they were like, oh, okay. You know, they, they totally fell for it. It's the briefcase. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, after this, we we revisit um, the crew: uh, Eddie Murphy, Diana Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis, and whoever played Coleman. Where uh, they've plotted mm-hmm. to do this whole stock exchange thing, like Scott said. But uh, Coleman gives up his life savings, as does Jamie Lee Curtis, that she worked very hard for. They're putting all their faith that these two men will come through, and not only. Uh, get their revenge on the Duke brothers, but make them all rich with the information as per frozen juice. <laughs> Again, pork bellies and frozen oh, orange juice was very important in the early 80s, apparently. Yeah, we see the I'm World Trade right Center. Yes. Which, we, not, I'm sorry. The I stock exchange is not in the World Trade Center, I, by the way. And I, 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 it seemed like they were going in there. It's not there. Now, I had the nerve to ask <laughs> It's near there. It's this place. Yeah, it looked like yeah. it looked like they were going inside. They the went trade inside the stock. They were going inside. Yeah. The and it was. I even stopped. And for some reason, I asked my wife, which is the worst person to ask about these things. I was like, "Is the stock <laughs> exchange?" I'm like, "Why would she know?" Like, dude, you want something funny? I asked Mary the exact same question. I'm like, "It's not in there, right?" And, thank you, yeah. thank you, Scott. I feel a lot better. Yeah, they 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 plot. Uh, we get some funny scenes in the stock exchange. You know, um, between how that place is run and how wild it is. And you know, to bring this film to a close, uh, they pulled it off. The, the the Duke brothers are like telling their main man at the stock exchange, buy as soon, you know, just start buying. Cause then, you know, and it made it apparent. I'm like, they made it so apparent that they were doing some illegal shit. Like the expression on that mm-hmm. guy's face from the stock exchange was like, Oh, you're doing some illegal shit. Oh, and he got all excited. Yeah. And he was like, And then everyone else started following yeah, them too. Like, everyone was like, Well, the yeah. Duke brothers are doing it. We need to do yeah, it. Yeah, they were like, Oh, this on a corner of the market. They must know something. Like everybody was cool with this white cro- white collar crime shit, like straight up. Uh, they pull it off, man. They I, I'm not gonna go into the logistics because I don't get it myself. Again, it's it's mm-hmm. gambling the stock exchange. So I don't I don't get it. They scam it. They they get rich and wealthy at the same time getting their revenge on the Dukes. As a result, the Dukes lose everything. Three hundred and ninety-four mm-hmm. million dollars. Yes, mm-hmm. which in nineteen eighty-three money that's like a billion now. That's like crazy. billions. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they lost everything. Um, which leads to that funny scene when one of the <laughs> Dukes is having a heart oh, attack. It just makes it so much funnier now, Scott. Yeah. I was like, oh, my heart. I can't. I, oh, I'm going to die. What about your brother? One take, Scott. You Fuck only have it. one take. Fuck him. <laughs> it was brilliant. God bless Donna Michi, my Mr. B. Thank you for that scene. Happy New Year! Winter. Valentine. Today. How could you do this to us after everything we've done for you? Oh, see, I made Lewis a bet here. Lewis bet me that we couldn't both get rich and put you on the poorhouse at the same time. He didn't think we could do it. I won. I lost. One dollar. Thank you, Lewis. After you. Certainly. <laughs> 
Margin call, gentlemen. Well, you can't expect us you to... You know to... the rules of the exchange, Mr. Duke. All accounts to be settled at the end of the day's trading, without exception. You know perfectly well we don't have $394 million in cash. I'm sorry, boys. Put the uh, Duke brothers' seats on the exchange up for sale at once. Seize all assets of Duke and Duke commodities brokers, as well as all personal holdings of Randolph and Mortimer Duke. Right, uh, we're on. Uh, this is an outrage. I demand an investigation. You can't sell our seats. A Duke has been sitting on this exchange since it was founded. We founded this exchange. It's ours. It belongs to us. Oh, my God. your brother's not well. We better call an ambulance. Fuck him. Now you listen to me. I want trading reopened right now. Yeah, I just found that thing. Yeah, it was because he, uh, Don Amici was very religious, so he would not cuss. But, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, certain words he'll uh, say. But yeah, then, I have no problem with that N-word, apparently. Um, but oh. I guess he was a man of his oh. time, wasn't he? But yeah, um, big happy ending for everybody. I mean, the final scene is them on some beach. Um, it looks like some remote island. Tropical island. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Everybody has a lady. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Winthorpe is on a yacht with Jamie Lee Curtis in a bikini, which we always enjoy. You know, uh, Billy Ray's on the beach with, with somebody. <laughs> Just random right. black actress yeah. insert with, here, and uh, yeah, with Coleman, and Coleman has a servant yes. now, yes, and a, and a, and a lady, yes. So little, they didn't learn anything, right? No, he, so now they he, are, he the doesn't same, have a lady, no, they're the he same rich assholes. They, they might as well be Duke oh, and Duke yes. now. They they might no, as well not. be Duke and Duke now. They they are they're rich, just wow. as rich as these guys. They're probably living the same lifestyle now. They just have new servants yeah. now. Uh, yeah, so uh, what, what so did you learn, Scott? <laughs> who is the Grinch this time? I don't know who this guy <laughs> is. <laughs> who is this guy? Oh just, my God. Nobody could be happy. Okay. <laughs> nobody could live. I, I mean. I, I mean, Mitt Romney told me a long time. Oh Corporations are people too. <laughs> so how dare you, Scott? Dare you? Eddie Murphy rich and Dan Aykroyd have sweaters on on the beach. What? Are, what are these rich assholes, yeah. man? What are, what are they that doing? That is a very you know? rich asshole. <laughs> I was beach. very confused by that. By the way, I was very confused by a lot in this movie. But but like having like <laughs> what what type of sweater was that? Do you think it was like a like a Coogee sweater? Oh, that was a Cosby Just... sweater. Is what what oh, uh, oh, Eddie Murphy was wearing? <laughs> Came with quaaludes, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those are Gap's sweater. It, the, those the polo club, the club those mm. guys are wearing. That remember the Divinix Gap sweater? Oh, no, that was what uh, uh, Winthorpe was wearing, I think. But, yeah, uh, Eddie yeah. Murphy was yes. wearing yeah. straight up one of those crazy '80s patterns yeah. that, that Bill Cosby was famed for wearing. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's so, training yeah, that, places. That's the movie. That brings us to the huh? end of training that places. Is. Um, so let's. Let's go, man. Are there any observations before we get into how good was? Well, it? I think one other anecdote that I thought was funny mm -hmm. was that um, John Landis, of course, directed this movie, and at the same time he was directing this movie, he was the trial for um, Twilight Zone for oh, for him. Uh, really? He was on trial around the same mm -hmm. time, and so him and Eddie Murphy, while making this movie, struck up a friendship. And John Landis asked Eddie Murphy if he would go into the court and speak on his behalf. And Eddie Murphy wow. said no. And uh, Eddie Murphy, you know, years later had an interview where he was saying that, that, you know, John Landis was kind of like a dick to him after that, you know, from then on, they were friends. And all of a sudden he wasn't, even though they did other movies, they did, you know, coming to America yeah. and yeah. another movie in, in between there too. And he said he was always kind of a dick to him. And then he found out later on it was because Landis was mad that he didn't, uh, 
he didn't go to the trial. He's like, he's like, and his quote was, he's like, I don't, I don't know why I'd go to the trial. You know, um, if you're the director and you're shooting at midnight when you're not supposed to be, and two kids get their head chopped off and you say, you, you say action, I think you should be partly liable. He's like, I'm not going to sit in the court for that shit. So, I, I wholeheartedly uh, yeah. agree. Ouch. That is a tall yeah. order He's to ask right. of anyone. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> so you, he won't be his character witness. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Oh man, I did not know that. That's very interesting. But I, I listen. I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, come on, that's a tall order to ask of anyone. And and let's face it. I mean, as good a John, as good a director as John Landis was, and writer or whatever else he was. Uh, <laughs> yeah he's probably, probably yeah. not a good guy yeah lives, it's a big lives stain. were lost yeah. because of bad judgment let's just put it that yeah. way very very big stain. Um, yeah this movie was made for 15 million dollars and grossed 90 million wow. so it was a yeah, hit for 83 hit. that's that's it that's a big hit. shit yeah, that's okay huge. that's that's like 300 million now or something it's, it's a blockbuster that's, yeah that's that's pretty expensive for a movie 15 million dollars I, I don't see anything special in that movie no, other than not really yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just well, I I think it had to be the cast. There's so there's there's too many people. Yeah. There's just, you know, they had so many, you know, SNL alums. They had like Bo Diddley. I mean, he may be a bad actor, but he probably still cost to do that bad act. He probably cost (laughs) the most to get for that movie was probably Bo Diddley because he was the biggest star. We can afford we can afford you know who who get paid the most out of that, Scott? Ah. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, probably, maybe probably Dan, Dan Aykroyd. I, I don't probably know. Dan yeah. Cause, cause, yeah, I think because is Eddie Murphy, like I said, you know, 48 Hours hadn't come out yet. So uh, I don't think, he, you know, he was a big star on television. So he probably got paid well. But, you know, I think Dan Aykroyd yeah. was by the name. Yeah. You know, they, uh, you know, Eddie Murphy, though, I and mean, the run that he had right after this, you know, he did 48 Hours. He did this. Uh, he did some some weird movie in between. But then he did Beverly Hills Cop. And then he did Golden Child. Then Beverly Hills Cop 2. I mean, he just. He just had a run of yeah. huge movies. It was quite the streak, man. He was on fire. Was it Harlem? Was it Harlem Nights? Oh no, Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights in nineties. I think that's nineties. Yeah, 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 early nineties. Yeah, yeah. He early nineties. His nineties really kind of life is also in the nineties. No, yeah, yeah, life's in the nineties. Uh, Coming to America to me was his last like really good yeah. movie. Like, when you when you look at his IMDb, you know that that was like eighty eight or eighty nine. So, uh, yeah, he but he he eighty. I think it's 88. Yeah, I think it's 88. When did Harlem Nights come out? Yeah, early 90s. I want to say 91, 92, somewhere around there. Yeah. I actually saw that in theater. I think I did as well. I mean, he was still one of the biggest names in Hollywood. So, I mean, everybody was going to see. Yeah, no, there's a lot of people in that movie too, for sure. Not to diverge, but Mm -hmm. fuck it, I will while we're on the subject. You know, I mean, mean, the expectations were high with that movie. You had Richard Pryor, you had Red Fox, you had an amazing comedy cast and it just Della Reese. It, it Della Reese. Yeah. Oh my god, who had some of the most classic scenes well, in that movie. There was a lot of fun. It was a funny movie, but I mean compared to where Eddie Murphy had just come from it during the 80s, it, it didn't reach yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, that was 89. So oh, okay. uh yeah Harlem Heights was 89. 88 was okay. uh was coming to America and then he did another 48 hours right after that. And then boomerang, and then it, you know, then it starts turning. You know, gotcha. the distinguished gentleman. Uh, mm. Let's see, <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop three, which was a oh, dud. Was Vampire in Brooklyn was nineteen ninety five, and then that, that was from terrible. there, after that, he changes to uh, you know doing the family. Nutty movie. Professor, yeah, Nutty Professor is the first one, and then Mulan, and then Doctor Doolittle, 
yeah, this is a, and Shrek is not long after that too. So yeah, it's uh, his career changes at after ninety five. Yeah, so trading places. Yeah, trading uh, places. Well, good was it? <laughs> now that we've done our Eddie Murphy retrospective, um, yeah, let's get into uh, how good we knew was we were gonna it, do it. I mean, who yeah, wants to yeah. start it off? I will bring. Uh, I will bring the heat to this. Actually, I will not bring the heat to this, but I will go first. Um, I, I think uh, th- this movie. To see it, I, I really can't even remember the last time I even watched this movie. It felt like it was a brand new movie until I saw, um, I think the only part that I really remembered was the, uh, was him in jail with the the riff. I think that was the only thing I, I remembered. Um, but like the rest of it definitely seemed pretty new, but um, it, it was, uh, it was, it's a pretty well done movie. I, I think a lot of things that you guys said initially was, I thought the same exact thing. Like when you guys talked about how, Dan Aykroyd did really well as far as playing the snooty white guy who was clueless about the world and you know just only lived in this this uh this this glass castle like he did really good um you know I think Eddie Murphy seeing this young guy just kill it with the improv I mean it was just so natural for him to boom 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 all the characters did a really good job of the roles that they played so I mean I I was mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised I think the only drawback, obviously, was all the different plot things where we were just like, that didn't make any fucking sense. I think the funniest thing, um, Scott, obviously, you'll appreciate this because you kept bringing it up and they kept bringing it up. So they introduce the different commodities. You introduce pork belly for bacon, orange gross for frozen oranges, bread for the wheat and fucking gold. And all they talked about were fucking orange juice and portability. <laughs> I was like, nobody, you didn't want to even mention gold. Like out of all the commodities you had there, gold wasn't just, mm-hmm. the 80s was a different time. Let's it put sure it was. We were really into pork in the <laughs> yeah. 80s, Danny. You just had to be there. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, I guess so. Uh, my, my silly 90s, we we had all the probably uh, the tofu turkey and tofu <laughs> bacon. So I apologize for my generation and their inventions. But uh, you know how good was it? This this was this was the uh, this was really good, man. Uh, I think uh, the kids like to say "damn good" on this one. This was this was damn good. I I, I really appreciated the movie. The acting really took it away from me. Um, surprisingly, the the person who I thought did the worst acting job wasn't even really that bad. Was Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. But she did a good job. I yeah, mean, everybody they gave did. her to do. I mean, they didn't really exactly. Give her much to do. So like, exactly. So I feel like I, you know, to say that she did a worse job, it's like okay, well, she was the 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 backup quarterback for a Super Bowl winning team. This was a this was a good this was a good movie. So I mean, I I, I took that away of just great characters and and how everybody really come to life and everybody played their part really well. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Take it. Hi, right, Joe AP. You're up. This is your pick. Uh, like I said before, it's one of my favorite movie of our time. I think Eddie Murphy was was the, you know, I think he's he carried the movie, uh, well. I mean, I, I guess it, what I'm trying to say is the chemistry in in in, in the character was was you know was good. That that there, there's no um, that there's no real um, like. Everything works kind of work well together. I, I thought you were I trying guess, to say uh, the N word. I wasn't sure. What you were to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was excited to to watch this movie, and I, I, you know, and and I think 
I remember how how good it was before, and I think um, watching it now is it's it still had that same kind of enjoyment. Um, you know, like even though you, I I know certain scene, I remember a certain part of the movie, and I know what to expect, but the movie was still fresh in terms of you know the the character, the acting, uh, the performing, and you know, so it's it it's it's kind of um, you know one of well, one of those well-made movie of our time for me. So, um, yeah, it's very, pretty good. Very good. Is that your verdict? It's very good. Very okay. good. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi. Very yeah. good. All right, June, you're up. <clears throat> okay. Um, this movie was a very vivid reminder of the genius, the comedic genius of Eddie Murphy. And that's the, the saving grace of it. I mean, there was a lot of good points to it, but there were things, obviously, as any movie that, that, you know, don't don't stand the test of time. You know, a lot of the little things that we nitpick during during our uh, discussion of this movie, um, things that did lack face. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you, because that's definitely one of them. Um, you know, uh, this movie is carried by by the great performances of Eddie Murphy as well as Dan Aykroyd, and and, and in particular with Dan Aykroyd, I, I mentioned before that this is probably for me the finest performance I've seen from him. I will say, though, that he's never been one of my favorite actors or comedians or whatever. Um, I think the funniest that an actor was, as that ever been, in my opinion, was when he was on SNL. And once he started going into films, I never found them that appealing. I never him along with uh, Chevy Chase never, never got it, never understood the appeal to them in films. They were both great on SNL. But once they got into films, I was like, I don't get it. Um, but in this film, Dan Aykroyd was great. The role fit him very well. He played it very well. Um, playing a person, a rich, snooty guy used to a certain lifestyle and falling from that, um, he pulled it off. And uh, the interplay between him and Eddie Murphy worked very well. But I think that was mostly because of Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was back then the type of actor that you could put him in any setting and he would just tear through it with gusto. Um, He was the comedian of that time, period. Pure comedy gold. He was a comedic tour de force, man. And this movie was a great reminder of that. Everybody else in the movie was great. It was great casting. The, the, The Duke brothers, Ralph Bellamy, and and Donna Michi, I mean, some of the interplay with them, I was like, you just loved to hate them. You know, they, they just did that shit so well. Again, Donna Michi is just saying, you know, fuck him. Come on. That's that's priceless. That's that's history right there for me. Jamie Lee Curtis, come on. I mean, really. I mean, one of the most beautiful women back then. And she did great in this movie. It was her first big role, I believe, like we said before. And she pulled it off. She She was a nice co-star in this. And it was nice to see her grow from there and go on to bigger things. Um, how good was this movie? It was very good. I, I I came close to giving it my highest rating, which is damn good. But I just can't. Because <laughs> even as, when I used to watch it as a teenager, uh, you know, the shortcomings of the film, and they're very few, very minor, but they did come through and it's even more apparent now. But for the most part, as a comedy, it still holds up because of the genius of Eddie Murphy. 
in his freaking prime. We have to remember Eddie Murphy was a young buck, man. Like Scott said, I think. What well, old was he again, Scott? 20, I think 20, 20, 21. 22. Yeah, 21 or 22. And when you come to think of it, his his performances in this, in 48 Hours, in Coming to America, I mean, it came off as if, as if he was just, he had been doing it forever. It felt, it, it came off as second nature. You could have put him in any film back then, pretty much, and he would have put, carried it off and made it gold. So, how good was it for me? It was very good. I enjoyed revisiting this movie. Yes, I would watch it again. Not anytime soon, but maybe, you know, another five to ten <laughs> years. Sure, I'll put it on, you know, and I'll have a good laugh just like I did today. So take it away, Scott. All right. So, yeah, this movie definitely was a movie I watched a lot in the 80s. Um, and I, I did, rem as watching it, you know, I, everything came back to me really quick, except for I, I guess I blocked out the the, the blackface uh, of uh, of uh, Dan Aykroyd at the end of the movie, which was which probably good, but uh, um, you know, the first two thirds of this movie are, is really good. Yeah, like like you know, like you guys said, the cast is great. The, the casting, top to bottom, it just nails it, and uh, the chemistry with. Um, with uh eddie murphy and pretty much everyone around him you know i was gonna say him and dan Aykroyd, but they're really not in the movie a lot together it's really just eddie murphy just he just shines in this movie he he is mm -hmm. a star from the from the moment you see him he's a star you know he's a star and he if without him i don't i don't think this is a very good movie i think if you would put somebody else in that role and you know the rest of the movie's fine, but I don't think it's a, a classic. You know, if if anyone else is in that role other than Eddie Murphy, you know, I think Eddie Murphy is the one that really drives this movie and makes it what it is, makes it us uh, fond of it. It's quite problematic. This movie, uh, the, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it definitely cannot be made nowadays. You know, at least not the way it is. It would have to be changed quite a bit. Um, still, still funny. You know it. Yeah, like I said, the first two thirds of the movie, I'm like, man, this movie really holds up. This is really good. Yeah, the the last half, third was was not great, and uh, it was more problematic. And uh, you know, <laughs> how good was it? it? It's it's a good film. You know, I'm not going to say it's a class, and I'm going to say, yeah, it's probably a class, but I'm not going to give it damn good. I'm not going to give it very good. I'm going to say it's it's good. It's entertaining. You know, watch it uh, with the through the eyes of the '80s. You know, oh, yeah. and that it was a more to. problematic time, and <laughs> you know, you got away with a lot of crap that you you would definitely not get away with, and should not get away with anymore. So, uh, yeah, you know, watch it through that the lens of the '80s. But yeah, it, it is overall a good film because of Eddie Murphy. Dana's in stitches. Go, Sorry. Dana. You got something to say? I'm totally gonna sound like the white guy. White, letter, my, but, my but it's like a hostage guilt. letter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a hostage bill. Da, da, like, Dana is forcing me to read this. By the way, I, I have I had that whole thing written out. Dana told me that if I did not read it, I would be canceled. So that that is word for word what Dana sent me. <laughs> oh man, good point for me then. So, so, <laughs> that's so great. Then. There you have it. Well, the, there there it is. Those are that's what we think of this movie. You know, uh, basically, yeah. I'm gonna have to uh, rephrase the whole Christmas classic thing. Scott just shot it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I'm lot. It, it really lying. is not a Christmas movie. No. It takes place in Christmas. It is definitely not a Christmas movie. 
So you, so Christmas movie could for you could be like oh, it could be whatever you want it to be. I in July the movie that I'm choosing for our Christmas but... movie this month is probably not a Christmas movie as well. So <laughs> okay, all right. Well, audience, there you have it. Uh, Trading places, uh, as brought to you by How Good Was It? Please make sure to follow, like, subscribe. What are your thoughts on Trading Places? What memories does this movie bring up for you? Did you enjoy it? Do you still enjoy it? Do you think it still holds up? We would like to know. So let us know in the comments. Visit our YouTube. Visit our archives. Do I have to say anything else? No, I think we've about covered it. So uh, let's move on to the next so-called Christmas classic. And come back and join us for more How Good Was It? Let's say bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Yeah. What movie would you like us to review? Drop your suggestions by hitting us up at howgoodwasitpod at gmail.com.